Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Is it the better team or is it the home court advantage? Home teams won all four of these play-in games so far, although the Lakers, that was some heavy lifting right there. They're in a little bit of trouble there with the Warriors. Got down 12, came rolling back. The Warriors turning the ball over. And not the safe kind of turnovers. No, they're live ball turnovers. They were starting Laker fast break. The Laker offense really didn't have anything going in the half court. A very poor first half. But in the third quarter, they got it going, and they got help from a lot of fast break points. And at one point in the second half, the Warriors turned it over, and then were casually turning around and walking back. Nobody was looking at the ball. And the, and the Lakers got a two-on-two break off of a dead ball turnover. That can't happen. In a three-point game. I mean, we can spend a lot of time talking about LeBron's last shot, and it was fantastic. Big money shot. They needed it. He delivered. Shot clock was running down. There were no options but to launch a three, and he hit it. Turned out to be the game winner. But there were so many plays along the way the Warriors would want back. Mark Jackson said it in the third quarter, they're just getting loose with the ball. You know, turnovers are one thing when the other team's making great plays, but when you're just giving away possessions, just giving away possessions. You, you got Steph Curry. If you could get some more shots for him, you know, you know, on a night he's got it going, he'd get you points. And, of course, some of the turnovers were just his fault, too. Late in the game, I understood it more. The double teams, aggressive and spots on the floor, you don't usually see them. Curry, on the, on the next to last possession of the game, got doubled like 40 feet from the floor, and Anthony Davis was aggressive. He was coming right at him. Curry didn't have guys getting open. This is where they really miss Clay Thompson. They just really miss him. You know, you, you get Clay the ball and it's four on three because over there doubling Curry and somebody's going to pay. But Clay Thompson was in street clothes at the end of the bench. So didn't have to worry about that. And the Lakers got the win. And now I think we can debate how healthy is LeBron. Well, he's definitely not 100%, right? I mean, the first half, he was borderline spectator even when he was playing. He was being very careful. He was staying on the ground, not getting up in the air. Didn't see anything explosive out of him. Saw a little more from him in the second second half, but I thought he was still pretty careful. He's clearly not 100%. Now, if he, he said it was no worse after the game. Of course, he's going to say that. If that's true, then he's got some time off here before they play Sunday afternoon against Phoenix. So... He could be in even better shape. And the Lakers looked better in the second half than the first. Now, was that just LeBron decided to cut loose a little bit? Were they getting more comfortable? Was it just the Warriors getting loose with the ball? You know, if it was the Lakers slowly getting it together, playing better and getting in sync, that little snapshot in one game, if you stretch that across a month of playoffs, Lakers are now on the other side of the bracket from the Jazz. Jazz can't see them to the conference final if both teams make it there. Lakers will play the Suns, and the winner of that series will get the winner of the Portland-Denver series. So there's a long way to go before we know what the heck's happening there. Um, but it's a really good game, and the Lakers, you know, more balanced attack. Man, the Warriors without Curry really aren't very good. <laughs> they really need Clay, And Draymond Green just flirting with disaster all night long. Just flirting with disaster. Assuming the Warriors beat the Grizzlies, and I expect they will. But at some point, somebody's going to win on the road. Maybe it'll be the Pacers. Maybe they'll go into Washington and win tonight and get that last spot in the East. Um, 
But assuming that the Warriors win, and obviously that's what I would pick, and I think that's what the vast majority of you would pick as well. Assuming it's the Warriors, um, we saw Step be great. We also saw some of their vulnerabilities. You know, don't let the other guys beat you. Um, I said yesterday on the show, Jazz and six over the Warriors. Uh, Steph will have a game. He will have a game. Maybe the Jazz play one bad game. It's hard to pick a team to win in four. There's got to be a really big gap in talent. And it could happen over in the Eastern Conference. I don't expect it in the West. Um, but in the East, one versus eight, two versus seven, I could see it happening. You know, Miami went to the finals. They got playoff experience playing Milwaukee. I would not expect Milwaukee to sweep Miami. Um, nor would I expect a sweep of that 4-5 New York-Atlanta series. But I could see the top two teams in the East maybe getting sweeps. Um, but it, the Jazz against the normal number eight in the West, eight and five, and you know, I'm going to allow Curry to go off and say six. So that's where I'll park it for whatever that prediction's worth. Uh, the series is going to start. The series is going to start Sunday night at 7.30. It could be worse. It could have been Sunday at 8.30. Even though weekday games are at 8.30. But on Sunday, they can play the games a little earlier. The Lakers are playing at 1.30. So the TNT doubleheader will have games at 5 and 7.30. And that gives them a chance to make some money off a pregame show when the Lakers end. And if the Lakers go OT, there won't be any, any overlap between the second and third game. So TNT will have games. It'll be 7 and 9.30 in the East. But... 5 and 7.30 in our time zone. So 7.30, that's not bad. I'll take that, even if it gets held to 7.45. I'll take that. And then you can flip over to Talking Sports because we will have a lot of post-game interviews. Highlights, obviously, in the, in the PGA Championship. Uh, so be loaded Sunday night straight into that jazz post-game show. All right. Right now, it's time for a little basketball with Joe Ingles. Had a media session. Looking ahead, obviously didn't know the Lakers were going to lock up seven and the Spurs were going to get eliminated, but that's where we are. The Jazz get the Grizzlies or Warriors, which even if you don't want to say it, that's what everyone was assuming, and now here we are. Here's Joe Ingles with the media on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hey, Joe, um, I'm wondering if you think back to last season when you guys were heading into the playoffs, do you think that that team was ready for a title run? And then in comparison... What is different about the team this year? Um, I think, I mean, the thing that comes to mind when you kind of first ask that, I think the thing that stands out is just the health of our team. Last year, we were obviously beat up a little bit throughout the year. Um, someone's getting uh, beat up by their child in the middle. Uh, um, uh yeah, like the, the health of our – and kind of like I, not, I don't want to say disruptions because it was like Mike having a child, which isn't a disruption. It's an amazing thing. But obviously like him him leaving for that, um, Boyan was injured. Um, so it, it was just it was just different. I, I wouldn't say that we weren't ready or prepared or anything like that. I think if we were healthy, I mean, we were still up 3-1. Like it's not we, – we still had a, a good lead. We were playing some good basketball Um up until it was three three or three two or like whatever the the thing was. Um, I think this year, obviously being together for longer um, as a, as a group and and playing. I've said it before, like kind of playing how we envisioned playing last year a little bit. Uh, we didn't really get to to do that with the the injuries and guys in and out and and all that. So um, last year is last year. Uh, I know. Mentally and, and physically, I think we're ready this year. Um, we, like I said, we we we've embraced and and probably kind of taken off a little bit on the way we've we've wanted to play and, and really taken off with the style and the 
um, the, the threes and, and playing defense and, and kind of doing what we we always kind of thought this this group could do. Um, so it's obviously it's exciting, but um, we've kind of I guess like kind of ticked off the box of of playing the regular season now, and now it's onto the the playoffs. So we've got to um, almost like refocus and and the regular season was great and it was cool to get that many wins or whatever, but that's over with now. It doesn't really mean too much now except home court. And um, it's time to focus on um, whoever we're going to get on Friday. All right. Next up, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Joe, what's it kind of like having a week off between the end of the regular season and between, you know, your first game of, of the first round series, obviously, on the one hand, it's I, I imagine it's great getting rest and and kind of getting a chance to, you know, recover from whatever lingering lingering injuries. But is there also kind of a, any concern about you know rust accumulating during that time about about coming back you know a little less precise maybe? Um, are you rusty or unprecise after a week off with your writing? I'm always rusty and imprecise with my writing. <laughs> um, no, nah, I mean I think. Uh, I know I don't want to speak on other players. I know I was excited for a couple of days off. Um, playing point guard for three weeks is uh, is not it. <laughs> um, with uh, all of a sudden in the NBA, everyone decided to full court pressure, which I've never seen in seven years. And all of a sudden, they decided to pressure for for three weeks. Um, I think I think it was good for our group. I think not even just physically, but but mentally as well, just to kind of step away for obviously. You guys know we spend basically every day together, uh, more or less, even probably more this year with the scheduling, how tight kind of games were together and a couple of longer road trips and stuff like that. So um, mentally great to, to kind of get away and have 48 hours um, kind of too. So I, I got to put my kids to bed and get them up and, and actually enjoy um, their time. Miller said to me yesterday, you're not going to basketball again. And I was like, I am not going again. So for having kind of two days was, was nice, but it was also like really refreshing to come back in today and um, get some work in. And, and like I said, kind of flick to the, the playoff mode of, of obviously we don't know who we're playing, but just the kind of more concentrating on our team and, and what we want to do. So um, Russ, not like, no, I think we'll be fine. I think we, um, as you guys know, with our, healthcare guys and our coaching staff we've got i believe the best in the league in both of those and um they'll they'll have us ready and kind of raring to go for um for sunday night i think it is or sun, sunday at some time all right next up dana green abc4 hey joe um we haven't had a chance to talk to him yet but can you give us an insight maybe into donovan's frame of mind of how excited he is of coming back or do you have is it impossible to get inside donovan's mind it's impossible to get inside donovan's mind but what is it like to have him back ready <laughs> ready to or, or just after missing so long to get him back uh, into the rotation with you guys yeah, I mean it's great to 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 be around him. Obviously, he didn't he didn't come on those trips, so um, it's kind of weird, really. Like I've played with him for however many years, and and obviously it was the first time kind of not having him on trips and the bus or, or whatever it is. So um, yeah, it's been been great to see him again, and obviously we're excited to to have him back. And and whenever whenever he's healthy, we'll we'll obviously have him back. That's not a question for me to answer. So. Um, 
he looks great. He looks like a beautiful young man. <laughs> All right. And uh, our last question is going to be Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Joe, I think it's fair to say last year, the biggest problem was defensively, you know, just, it's, I guess, except for game seven, but before that, just, it was problem stopping Denver. What's different about this year defensively on that end of the floor that, you know, gives you the belief that you guys can, can defend better than you did last year? Um, I mean, I, I think a bit of a, a part of that is like, I, like I was saying, kind of the in and out of God, like it's, it was a, I don't want to say it was like, you know, it was a disruptive year in terms of like, we were all getting comfortable with each other. We had guys in and out and then we obviously like lost Mike with his baby and Boyan had surgery and like all those things combined. Um, I think Juwan started a couple games in there in the playoffs or right before this. So it was just a, it was a, he probably didn't envision that at the start of the year or halfway through the year that he'd be starting in, in the second round of the playoffs um, or first round of the playoffs, whatever. So um, yeah, I think just, Obviously, we, we 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 knew and know that we are a good defensive team, and and locking in on that is something that um, I think you can. I don't want to say you like can get relaxed with it, but you can like a lot of the NBA is focused on like offense. Everyone talks about offense. Everyone, this guy scored this. This guy's shooting this. It's like there's a we've kind of always known that our identity has been defense. When you've got Rudy and Fave, like it's be stupid not to be focusing on those things. Um, and then you add like Royce, like Mike, oh, all our guys have, I think have probably just kind of, I don't want to say we weren't focused on last year, but a bit more locked in on like what we wanted to achieve and maybe losing like three, one is a, the kick in the stomach that you need to like, all right, if we want to be the team we want to be that we envisioned, like I said, on the offensive end, we also had a identity defensively that um, I wouldn't, wouldn't say we lost it, but we were probably a bit more inconsistent with it last year. Um, well, like I, said, I think this year we were a bit more locked in. It was every game we were focused on what the game plan was. We wanted to win every game possible. We were we were trying to do that. Um, it was a disrupted year, obviously, with the COVID and the, the rules and the testing and all that. And I think it just put an emphasis on, like, making sure we test at the right time, making sure we're testing on the right time to get treatment in the right time and then get your shots up. And so a lot more went on mentally this year than, than other things. So I think that kind of tags on to the end of like, all right, well, now we've done shoot around. We're going home. Like, all right, what's the game? This is the game plan. This is what we're doing. It just was a constant um, kind of theme of like us kind of compete in everything we were doing, whether it would be wearing a mask on the plane when you like, when like you obviously forget the mask, like every, just competing on every level of everything this year. And I think we did a, I think we, we proved we did a, a good job of that with, with everything that went on and, and how we played. But um kind of like I said too it's it's back to square one now where the record doesn't matter any of that it's back to square one we've got to be the best defensive team now through the playoffs which uh we we can do if we're locked in on it there's Joe Ingles with the media all right we're gonna take a break when we come back we're gonna talk uh gonna talk a little basketball with Tim Lacombe former BYU assistant former uh, staff member for Rick Majerus at the U now does the pre-half and post game for the Jazz obviously Tim won't know the outcome of the Lakers-Warriors game, although he'll suspect it. But uh, his thoughts on the Jazz entering the postseason, next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to hear from Tim Lacombe. PK and I had him on late in yesterday's show. Former BYU assistant coach. And, of course, he didn't know that the Lakers were going to lock up the seven seed. Uh, but his thoughts on these teams entering the playoffs still interesting. Here's Tim with PK and I. DJ, PK, and Tim McCone joining us. Jazz Radio studio analyst. Used to be on Rick Majerus' staff at the U. Assistant coach Dave Rose at the Y. And now, singing his teeth into the pro game, Tim Good morning. Good morning, guys. Until um, I'm gone. Until I'm gone, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's man, it's I love this time of year. Um, obviously, from a basketball standpoint, um, but I just love like yesterday, last night, the weather. Oh, so beautiful out. It really was. I was shirtless again. You were shirtless. Yeah, doing yard work. Shirtless and Sandy. We got some older ladies in the uh, in the neighborhood. Oh, I, I send me their address so I can send condolences. So PK's trying to give him. PK's trying to give him a heart attack. Oh, I got yeah, a neighbor. Exactly. I got a neighbor. Property. A neighbor kid who likes to uh, do yard work shirtless. So when I see him, I usually go out and do it too. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me where you live so I don't ever drive by. <laughs> it's kind of a running gag. It's two neighbor boys. One's on a mission now, but he used to mow the lawn shirtless when he was a teenager, and then I would do it. And now he's he's overseas, and so his older brother was doing it yesterday, so I had to go out there and do it too. <laughs> oh, that's too cool. <laughs> all right, I think the big question for all Jazz fans, before you worry about any matchups or anything, Donovan Mitchell. Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be 100%? How long is it going to take for everyone to get back into get back into the rhythm, get back into the flow? What level of concern do you have? Well, there's, certain, there's certainly concern when a guy misses as much as he's missed um, because, you know, basketball is so – the important parts of the, the key to, to being really good is to be in a great flow and a great rhythm. Um, but that being said, I think – they played enough games together and, and, and kind of uh, that piece of it, I think, can, can figure itself out. I, I, I believe Donovan will be, um, you know, he's not going to go out there if he's not ready to go. And so I think that that's been the whole, the whole aim. And so if he plays, I think he's, he's good to go. And um, really, it's then it's kind of on, you know, as crazy as it sounds, it's kind of on Donovan to figure out how to, to fit in, I guess, and not, um, you know, not try to force things, but just play like he did this year. And I think he's obviously great enough to do that. But, yeah, there's a little concern there because, you know, it's unknown. And he hasn't missed a lot of games, you know, in, in his career. So this, is, this is a little bit new for him and certainly new for everybody around him. So it's just going to be a, a little bit of an experiment. But, uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to like dip their toe in the water <laughs> unless something crazy happens. They're going to play a, a very good opponent, uh, more than likely with championship 
uh, experience in the first round. Situation, if he's ready to go, I don't really think he misses a beat. Now, if there's issues, that's another story. But if he's ready to go, uh, I think the team has enough knowledge and experience together, and people know their roles, and this team understands he's our best, the most dynamic offensive weapon. So I expect, I expect a smooth transition if he has his health. I, I totally, I actually would too. Um, that'd be my vote. I think you know, even a little bit, like a slight adjustment period in the playoffs is going to be difficult. You know, even if it's not all the way together, typically you can kind of, like I said, you can dip your toe in the water early on. But you know, they're not necessarily going to have that opportunity now. I've actually been almost like last night watching the the Celtics game, I tweeted out how dreadful the Celtics offense was in the first quarter. And that's really all it took. And they went on to score about 116 points. So uh, that being said, I keep talking about the Jazz having to play the Warriors or the Lakers, which would seem like, you know, odds would say that. But it's crazy. Anything can happen. Um, but but I think, if, yeah, if there's, just, uh, if there's just enough of um, – a synergy, you know, and and they don't really miss too much of a beat. I think they'll be fine. Uh, Donovan, like I said, I, the one thing I do know is he wouldn't be coming back if he's not ready to go. Um, and so, you know, they're not going to take a risk, even as as important as this season is and has been. You know, there's a lot of basketball left in Donovan Mitchell. So, if he comes back, he's going to be ready to go. And and like UPK, I think they'll I think they'll be fine in Justin. I think I'll pick the Jazz in six over the Warriors, figuring Curry will, or, or maybe somebody else too. I mean, Wiggins just had a big game, but the, the Warriors are good enough. They'll get him once or twice, but I just can't see Curry going off and doing that four times. The Jazz have too many things going for him. But when I try to figure out what will happen in the Lakers series, there are so many question marks. I feel like I've got to see him play. I don't have a good handle on how good they're going to be, how quickly, and I wonder if you have a better read than that. Well, I'd like to say I would, but, you know, I made the mistake last year of, in my mind, just kind of writing, watching the, the Lakers the last few weeks, you know, that they finished the bubble prior to the playoffs, and I just did not think that they had enough. Um, you know, I kind of got sucked into believing that they were maybe um, they weren't quite as good and I just, I'm not going to do that again. I really do believe when a team wins a championship and they've got two dominant players like they do, I think you have to start every conversation, you know, the next year about how they will, you know, be a, a real factor in defending the championship. And when you put LeBron James on the team, um, all bets are off. I think you have, like you said, DJ, I think I'm really curious to see how they play as well. Uh, because they haven't been – now they, they did when they all got back together and they kind of started playing again. They looked a little more like the Lakers. Um, but there was a long period of time where the care factor was not great and the basketball that be, was being played was not great. Um, but it's crazy how that, that dude, LeBron, can flip a switch and then you add AD to the mix. Um, and, again, they become so potent – and and difficult to guard because again you've got to take into the fact that you're getting LeBron foul calls too you know when he's out there 
I mean, it is a thing. I've watched Bojan all year get hammered and not get calls. And then you watch a Laker game and literally if, if he gets breathed on, there's a foul. So that's a part of it. And certainly in the playoffs where it's a, it's a half court situation and, and, you know, stops are really big. Uh, you got to factor all that stuff in there. So I think the Lakers are going to be really, really difficult to beat uh, by anybody because they are the champ. And once you, you know, once you're that champion, you you've got a know-how that maybe other guys don't, and so you will really you will have to beat them. They're they're not going to beat themselves. So the Jazz went nuts on three pointers this year. In the playoffs, everything gets more magnified. What level of concern do you have in the postseason when things are more difficult? given the amount of three-pointers that they shoot? Because obviously they're going to have to make a good percentage of them in order to be successful. Well, I think what they've proven, uh, you know, minus a couple, I I guess I'll preface it by saying that a poorly timed um, off night from a lot of guys, and it really only takes a couple of those, and you're already behind the eight ball. You know, um, momentum in a series is a thing. And so... I think if the Jazz take the same types of shots, uh, which I think they will, probably what isn't going to come as easy, especially watching the playing games last night, um, transition defense uh, will probably be a little bit better. The Jazz are certainly uh, very potent in transition from three and when they can really advance the ball and find guys. Um, and, And the types of shots the Jazz shoot from three, the catch and shoot type, um, you know, they've proven all year. If, if they have their feet set, somebody dribble, penetrates, and finds it, the ball gets moved a couple of times and somebody's wide open, those shots are going to fall at a pretty high rate. Uh, what, dis- what concerns me, really, and, and it's been the games where teams have been able to switch, um, it really does mess up timing rhythm. Uh, the role becomes less of a factor, and guys are not quite as open. Uh, you're not getting the, their feet set, totally set, and have, having looks. And the Jazz haven't shot the ball as well against teams like that. Um, and if they play the Lakers or the Warriors, out of the shoot, they're going to see that. That's the way they'll be guarded, uh, I would imagine, most of the playoffs. Um, so that being said, I think it's the type of threes they get. Uh, I, again, I think if they can really play downhill, play with force, and – require two defenders to come to the ball, that's where the blender can go, and that's where the ball can move, and that's where those threes that they're very good at can happen. Uh, that and transition. If, can they continue to play early in the shot clock in the playoffs? I think that will be a, a piece of how they shoot the three. Are there any surprises waiting for us out there that you can foresee? I mean, kind of the definition of a surprise is you don't get to foresee it, but you have a keener basketball mind than us. So I wonder if there's something, you hear all these playoff discussions, you're like, you know, what people are missing is what? I've got a weird feeling, and this will probably put the nail in their coffin as well, but I've got a weird feeling about the Miami Heat this year in the playoffs for the same reason I talked about the Lakers. Um, there's something about playoff experience and magic and um, – and so they're a team that kind of jumps out at me. I'm curious to see how the Suns do in, in the playoffs. I think they've been a, a great story, uh, not as great as the Jazz 
and kind of irritates me that uh, as good a job as Monty Williams did, I think Quinn Snyder probably deserved Coach of the Year. Um, but I, I believe that uh, that those two teams will be probably who I'm going to key in on. I'm curious to see how the Suns deal with um, the Lakers or the Warriors, you know, depending on who they get and what that series looks like and if the if the, if the Suns can continue to play the way they played this year. Uh, my guesses are that they probably will. I think that Chris Paul really unifies that team. Um, and Devin Booker is, is really difficult. And you talk about, again, half-court game. Uh, that really uh, speaks to how Phoenix wants to play. And they're very, very good at really kind of suffocating you on defense and then uh, picking you apart and making tough shots on offense. Um, but the Heat in the East, I just I look at that and I think, you know, they, they could make some noise there. Um, I'm not a big believer in Philly. Um, I just don't think that they're, they're, they have the substance, I'm going to say, the substance it takes to win at a high level. Um, I'm not sold on Milwaukee. I think New Jersey in the East is going to be fascinating to watch and maybe just might have a crazy playoff run as well uh, because of the things I speak of. I mean, just you start talking about points per possession and you start talking about their ability to score so many different ways in the half court. Um, there's going to be a lot of really cool storylines, but I think that those are the ones that, and then obviously the most important one, uh, the Utah Jazz, a first time ever having home court advantage throughout the entire playoffs, um, having the best record in the league. Um, and, um, you know, really having a, a, a roster that is so well built for the way they play um, and can, like you said, can those three-pointers continue to fall and be taken at a high rate, and and how will that all work out? So those are the main things I guess I'm looking at. I don't know that I've got a crystal ball to say what's going to happen, but um, I think those are the, the storylines. See, I told you, DJ. What, that I didn't have a crystal ball? No. Everything you said with the exception of calling Brooklyn, New Jersey, I agreed with. Oh, did I say New Jersey? You did. And, and, and I think Old that, timer. And I think the New Orleans Jazz have an excellent chance. <laughs> <laughs> but the Minneapolis Lakers, keep your eye on them. Because when they play the Philadelphia Warriors. Hey, when you guys, oh, well, I did see today, I saw a clip today where a commentator called Taco Fall, Taco Bell. <laughs> during a game. He's like, he tips it into Taco Bell. And then the guy's dribbling it up. He said, did I just say Taco Bell? I'm so I would imagine they'll use that in an ad. But sorry, my just, I, I stopped kind of following the Nets when Van Horn left. <laughs> 97. And they were New Jersey then. Yes, they were. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, we appreciate it, Tim. And we will hear you Sunday. I expect Sunday night, but we'll have to see. Maybe Sunday afternoon, but probably Sunday night because I think the Lakers will take down the Warriors. And then they'll get plugged you know, into Sunday afternoon. And then I hope, you know. We will never know. We'll never know what he hopes. <laughs> Don't know. Vaporize. Technology's awesome until it isn't. I can't wait till next Wednesday. <laughs> There's Tim Lacombe, and you'll hear him on the Jazz pre-half and post-game show Sunday. The Jazz are going to play the 7.30 game, so the pre-game show will start at 6.30, and he'll be there 
pregame halftime and post with Jake Scott. When we come back, the PGA Championship, Bob Casper joins us. We make our picks. That's next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. It's you in a golf PGA Championship preview with Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio. It's brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried & Jensen, and Black Desert Resort. That sounds cool. Time to welcome in Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, every Saturday morning. Bob Casper, Brian Taylor. And, of course, they will get you all geared up for the third round of the PGA Championship this week. Bob, good morning. Hey, guys. How are you doing? We are doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. It's another major. Yes, it is. This one, though, a little different. Yes, it is. The PGA, of course, they've been to before, but a different time of year. And Brian was telling us about the wind and the weather are all going to be different. How differently is this course going to play? And uh, what do you need to be able to play this course? What's the skill set that fits this course? Well, it's. Uh, I think it's you know somebody that's uh, medium to, to longer length off the tee. Um, then I think you're going to need somebody that's going to be able to control their irons into the greens, um, flight their shots um, on the correct trajectories, uh, not only off into the greens but off tees, um, and then um, somebody that's that's going to have have to have a, a good short game because there's a lot of runoff areas and that kind of thing around the greens. So um, it's it's somebody that's going to have to have a well uh, a really good all around game. Um, and I think you really need to focus on um, on guys that can control their golf ball because there's this golf course plays a little over 7,800 yards. Um, they're going to have to deal. They're going to have factors with the wind. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be double-digit wind probably all week long. It's going to go from the west the early part of the week on Thursday and Friday and then switch to the east on Saturday and Sunday. Um, at least that's what they're calling for. So um, they're going to have to adapt a little bit, but uh, the wind is definitely going to be a factor with the length of the golf course. So I always found it funny. The PGA was the last of the four played until now, and it was viewed as like it was the lowest of the floor. But why? I didn't understand why that would be, because if Tiger, is, and he's not going to get it now, but when he was going, if he would have won yeah. five more PGAs, so what? <laughs> it would have counted towards his total. So sure. I never understood why it was the fourth. I get it's not the Masters or the U.S., but it's for some reason I, I don't understand why it was knocked down as much as it was when it counted just the same. How much do you think now moving up in the rotation will give it more oomph? Well, you know the interesting thing, PK, about what what um, what you're you were talking about is that you know the Masters is the Masters. It's played on the golf same golf course every year. Um, the U.S. Open is our national championship. Uh, the Open Championship or the British Open is the World's Championship, and then you've got the PGA Championship. Um, and so, you know, naturally, it's going to be a little bit um, not 
it's going to be a little little less um, prestigious. Uh, yeah, exactly. Thank you for that word. <laughs> a little less prestigious because of those because of those three in front of it. By moving it forward, um, I I don't know that it does anything different with it um, as far as the prestige is concerned. Um, they moved the uh, the players championship to um, March, which is where it was for a long time. Then, of course, you've got Augusta, and now you've got the PGA. And the only reason it was moved to to May for the PGA was because of the uh, the Olympics every four years. So they just moved it forward a little bit more. Um, so I I don't know. It's it's a listen. Any of those guys would love to win a major and would love to win a PGA championship. Um, I mean, as far as the, the prestige of it, I think it's in the view of the public um, and less so with the view of the players. All right, Bob, it's time for a draft, and we want to ask you about some players, but we can kind of talk about them as we draft them here. You are the guest, okay. so you traditionally get the first pick, and I usually get the second, and PK gets third, and I know who I want, so don't take him. Okay. Who you taking? Do you want me to start? Yeah, this is it. Jump in. Who you got? And then explain okay. why he's the guy and why he ought to be. What are they? In the Indy 500, they call him the pole sitter. That's who you're taking. <laughs> uh, I'm going the, for the career grand slam. I'm picking Jordan Speed this I, week. I hate you with the passion of a thousand suns. That was my pick. <laughs> of course it was. See, I knew that. <laughs> No, um, Jordan Spieth, you know, he won the, he won in San Antonio before the Masters, um, finished third at the Masters. He, he took a little bit of time off. He comes back and he plays well last week in Dallas, another top 10. Uh, I think he was tied for seventh, something like that. And, you know, and here, here we are back in a major championship. This is one that he needs to win to get the career grand slam. And I think, with him uh, firing on all cylinders as far as his game is concerned, that, you know, he's kind of back, so to speak. I think he's going to have a pretty good chance this week. Explain how big of a deal that career Grand Slam is. Well, there's only, what, five players that have ever, that have done it. You've got Gene Saracen. You've got uh, Gary Player, Jack Nicklaus. Uh, uh, Woods. Um, Tiger. Yeah, Tiger. And, uh, um, and I think it's... Uh, Byron Nelson or is it Hogan? I think it's Hogan. So um, it's there's only five guys that have ever done it, and that's the that's winning all the major championships in the pro game. And so um, it's a big deal. It's uh, it's a huge benchmark. Um, it, you know, Rory's been sitting on the Masters now, only having to win the Masters now for like seven or eight years. Um, Phil's been sitting on the U.S. Open needing to win the U.S. Open, um, and Jordan Spieth, he's the youngest of them all, and he needs to win the PGA Championship now. So I think he and Rory are the best, or the uh, the guys that have the best chance to be able to do it. Uh, you're right, it is Hogan. Uh, Byron Nelson didn't, yes. w- didn't win the British Open. Yeah, so. that's it. All right. Well, if you're taking Spieth, there's a group of uh, – I thought he was my first pick, and then there's a group of four, and there's one guy I don't uh-huh. want. So hopefully one of you will take him because I think uh, – uh, I don't want to have to. Um, I suppose I ought to pick Rory, but I just don't have a good feeling. But I'd hate it if he wins after I passed on him. 
I'm dying here. I'm going to take Rom. I'm going to pass on Rory. I'll probably regret John doing that. John Rom. Yep. Yeah, that's a great pick. All right. That's, that's who I was going to take, yeah. Or you should okay. scream, I hate so you with the passion taken, of a thousand we've suns. Each, we've each taken each other's pick now. <laughs> yeah. Who you got? I left to Rory, though, if you want him. There he is. You know, and I was ticked at Rory in the Masters. And just uh, because, as, as Bob was talking about, what he needed, and we know that, you know, he had it, and a few years back he sucked on Sunday, and then he came back, and what? he won? Did he win the U.S. that year? Uh, and he'd been in a slump, and I don't know, he'd married, and he's got a kid now, and, you know, life, yeah. life takes over, and I get that. Uh, he just won in his last start. I, I know, I know. So uh, that's my point. I got mad at him. Thinking, uh, I'm done with him because I'm I'm waiting, waiting, waiting because he's given us so much. Mm-hmm. But I thought he'd give more, and then he sucked in the Masters. And then he turns around and wins a couple of weeks ago. So now I don't know. I'm, I right now I am just a ball of confusion. <laughs> well, pick somebody out of your ball of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I had my pick there. Um, do I just go with the normal, usual guys? But one guy, I have a feeling. So I, I've decided that I want to go. I've got two guys who would be chalk, you know, kind of top 10, top five guys that we should be picking. And I got one guy who's a longer shot. Okay. And I want to take him in the third round. So I'm hoping you guys don't screw me up in the second round. But PK is going to take one of the chalk guys here, I think. I don't think you're going to reach. I know you're going to reach for it because you told us yesterday. And I'm so confident in him. I'm going to take him right now. Are you really? Yeah. That's awesome because then my guy will fall to me. Go ahead. Take him. I'm going to go with Justin Thomas. Oh. <laughs> That's a good pick. Killing me. And he was one of the guys I would hope would fall to me in the second round. It'd be all about JT in the second round. Oh, that's I couldn't funny. help myself. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, all right, Bob, perfect. back to you. We know why he took JT, because JT's an excellent golfer. Yes, he is a good player, and he's won a PGA championship. So, yeah. All right. Okay, so it's my pick. Yeah. And I think there's two obvious guys that you're picking between. There are two. And there I, I kind of don't want one, but I definitely don't want the other one. Okay. So um, take the one I definitely don't want, and I'll take the one I kind of don't want. <laughs> okay. Um, so one one hits the ball a little bit lower, has has a has has a little bit better control of his ball ball flight, and the other one I think uh, is the one I'm going to take, but. Um, I, I, I'll go with the hot hand in Rory McIlroy. Dang it. <laughs> who are you deciding? That's who I wanted. Now, who are you deciding? Who is your other guy? Uh, DJ. I knew it. And I don't want DJ. I, there's a little bit, and I'm going to take him. But the, 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 the problem I have is I'm a little worried that he's like the, uh, the dog that caught the rabbit, and he got the Masters, and that's such an accomplishment and, like, does it take an edge off? And when you're playing four rounds of golf and one stroke is everything at the end on yeah. Sunday, that little edge. I mean, Not just on Sunday, last Tuesday, Corner Canyon girls lost the 6A championship by one stroke. See? Wow. Yeah. All right, I'm taking DJ, though. He's too good and too talented and too dangerous to pass. I've got my reservations about whether he's got the edge or not. Maybe the Masters gave him the hunger back. You know, he won it, but then he didn't win it. It was real disappointing. So I hope he's got a little edge coming to this, but I'm worried about that. Okay, PK. 
But they did get Lone Peak in a three-hole playoff to finish second. So that's good. And tonight's the yeah. banquet, and we're going to celebrate. Rock stars. Yeah. yeah. I may have a headache tomorrow if you get my drift. All right, where are you going here? <laughs> Bob, did we just take the five best picks? Was this a clear group of five at the top? Um, yeah, it's a pretty strong group. Yeah, yeah definitely. No doubt. It's a, it, there's a break. I mean, normally Kepka would be in the group, but... He's not in the yeah. group. He's not healthy. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with a guy that I've had my eye on for a while. Cantley. Okay. Patrick Cantley. Patrick Cantley. Yeah, okay. I took him. Uh, I can't remember which Masters because we played two of them so quickly, but I took him for one of them. And Bob made fun of me. I had him the last one. You had him the last one, and I had him in the one before yeah. that. And yeah. then I got my third pick already lined up. Yeah, you do. All right. You've got, you've I've got, got my pick. Number- I've got my third round pick lined up too, Bob. Don't mess it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will just kind of looking. You know what? I'm gonna um, I'm gonna take a long shot. Adam Long. No. Oh, well, that's a long shot. <laughs> See what I done there? That's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take the guy. I'm gonna take the long shot from the Masters that finished second. Will Zeller for us. Ooh, nice. Kind of came out of nowhere. See if he can yep. stay hot. Okay, I'm taking Xander Shoffley. He's breaking through. I figured, you know, I could have got you three for three because I was thinking that one. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I could have taken PKs because he told me who it was, but that'd be a real snakeish thing to do. Yeah, so. But I think this guy pulls up right alongside your guy. I think they're both they're both good. They both need to win a major for the first time. PGA, a lot of guys break through at the PGA. Six of the last ten yeah. have won their first major at the right. PGA, including Colin Morikawa last year. You going to do it, mm-hmm. PK? You wavering from yesterday? or No, I'm going Zach Johnson. No, I'm not. <laughs> Victor Hovland. Yep. Victor Hovland. That's yeah. a good pick. I got a feeling about him. All right, now what happens is, uh, you know, we alternate appearances with you and uh, Brian. So when he comes on, then he criticizes everybody's picks or pumps them up. <laughs> but mostly he takes shots at them. Well, the only criticism he could make on mine would be Will, will, be, uh, will Zellatoris. So. Yeah, you got to reach a little bit in the third round. Yeah. All right, there it is. There are the picks. And so obviously you with the first pick think Jordan Spieth is the guy to beat. You know what I think? I think he is. Uh, I think he's due. I think he's due for another major with the way he's been playing, and I think he's gonna. I think this would be a good shot for him to get the career grand slam. So. All right, there it is. All right, we will watch and see how it goes, and we will uh, we will talk to you again uh, on Friday after things have gotten rolling. We'll see how our guys are doing out of the gate. Sounds good. All right, thanks, Bob. Hey guys. There's Bob Casper talking a little PGA Championship, and we'll have some first-round numbers for you later in the show. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines, another no-hitter in baseball. And LeBron James and AD come up big in the second half, and the Lakers get the win over the Warriors. We'll get to all of that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. 
Brooks by Johnson again, running bank shot. No good, offensive rebound of Valanciunas. Puts it back up and in. Oh, the big fella doing big fella things. Out-muscling Jakob Pertl. Said, give me that ball. And then banks it up and in. They get it to Caldwell Pope. Almost lost it. Shot clock at seven. James, two defenders on him. To Caldwell Pope inside. He's tied up by Green. Throws it back up top. James puts up the three. Oh, it's gone. LeBron James from downtown. As the shot clock expires. A desperation heave. And the Lakers are up three. The home teams prevail in the Western Conference playing games. You heard the Grizzlies hold off the Spurs 196. They had a huge lead. They gave up a 17-0 run, and then it was a tight game the rest of the way. And the Lakers rally in the second half to beat the Warriors 103-100. PK, yeah. Steve Cleveland is going to just keep beating the drum on they got to go small and they got to play AD at the 5. Well, they got to get their five best players out there. I don't care where they play them. Steve Cleveland texting me at 12, 12 a.m. You're probably out for the night. I was. But I was really hoping that Vogel would go small, speaking loudly through the TV. Finally, two explanation points. They were lucky to win, but they get beat by 20 if they stayed big. Okay. The other sub down the stretch was getting Schroeder off the floor and getting Wes Matthews in there. That couple runs when he came in. Okay, yeah, sure, fine. You two basketball savants breaking it down with each other. Lakers and Suns, they'll start Sunday at 1.30. The Jazz wait for the winner of the Friday night game between the Grizzlies and the Warriors in San Francisco, and the Jazz will play Sunday night at 7.30. Well, just like you said, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Memphis or Golden State, Memphis expand all that they have, or did Golden State expand all that they have? The two stars playing 41 minutes, uh, very emotional. LeBron hitting that shot. I, I always said guys are the most dangerous when the shot clock's running out and there's no decision to be made. So you don't have to think whatsoever. Let All you rip. have to do is just go. And that was pretty sweet. And then afterward he said he literally saw three rims. Did you hear that? Yes, I did. And there's plenty of people on social media saying, you stole that from the Rocky movies. What was it like when he tweeted out, we're literally hunted every day, every time we step foot outside the comfort of our homes? He likes the word literally. I mean, LeBron. He's probably hunted. Right? Good thing he's home right now, or else he would be hunted. Pacers and Wizards, 6 o'clock on TNT tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I know in all of those different avenues, all those different values and principles that we're trying to instill here in Philly, um, no one is above that. Every, everybody got to go to work, you know. So for me, rent is due every day. It's always been that way for me. Always been a get better mentality every day, grow every day, be a better leader every day, be a better quarterback every day. And when that rent's due, I, I don't plan on missing no payments. It's Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback, says he's not above a competition. Asked if the Eagles coaches should name him the starter. So far, they haven't named a starter yet. Oh, there's no need to name a starter. (laughs) They don't have a game. Not even in training camp. I've always been a fan of his, the way he handled the Alabama situation. Had to come off the bench there, and and after he got benched and then was benched the next year, had to come off the bench again, and then he does go to Oklahoma, obviously. But it seems like he just keeps his mouth shut and tries to work hard, man. And and as far as the competition goes, uh, that's his job. And so, yeah. You're going to have to compete. I love that. The Wrens do every day. I love that mentality. Absolutely. 
Tim Tebow formally signed a one-year deal with the Jaguars this morning as he tries to resume his football career. A tight end for Urban Meyer with the Jags. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. SEC announced Wednesday it sent an additional $23 million to each of its 14 member schools to make up for financial losses because of COVID. Conference estimates an average shortfall of $45 million per school. The $322 million distribution will be paid from future revenues generated through media rights beginning in 2025. The SEC said it expects its annual distributions in 2025 and beyond to increase even after a portion is used to fund this one-time payment. They're rolling in the cash, PK. Man, if I'm Snow College, I try to do anything I can to get in the SEC. Good luck with that. Hey, we're out here in Ephraim, Utah. We'd love to be part of the right. conference. Wow, let me just give you 23 mil. Hey, let's bet, man. I've had some financial hardship. Come on. <laughs> let's be... Uh, let's I'll take 23,000. Let's be that? Joe Biden. Just give everybody money. I mean, the SEC, Joe Biden, geez. SEC D1 Council plans to act on legislative proposals next month that would allow athletes to be paid. Sponsors, social media influencers, yeah. product endorsers. That's an interesting story. We should talk about that. <laughs> Wait, these states are actually going to go ahead without us? Hey, we'll actually fix this now. Before I croak, can this thing get done? Council meets June 22nd and 23rd, and the goal of having legislation in place by July 1. Of what they, year? They inch along. <laughs> what decade? What century? <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Now here's the 0-1 to Calhoun. Hit on the ground a second. Torres throws to first. In time. Ball game over. Corey Kluber has pitched a no-hitter. Corey Kluber came within one man of a perfect game. He pitches a no-hitter, and the Yankees are delirious on the field, celebrating with Corey Kluber in the middle. And they are jumping all over him, and Corey Kluber is all over Higashioka. Water bottles, they're pouring water on everybody. Hugs all around. This is really something. Yankees, two zip over the Rangers. That's six no-hitters, one off the modern era record for no-nos in Major League Baseball. And, of course, that doesn't count. Bumgarner, who had the seven-inning no-no that doesn't count and is not part of that six. What'd you say yesterday? You get a no-hitter. You get a no-hitter. Yeah, you did. And 27 was now the number for the over-under on no-nos this year. Inch yeah. closer. At Kluber, uh, he said uh, he tailed off a little bit, but in you know, 2017, 2018, he was really good. I think 2016 with, the, with Cleveland. I actually saw him pitch. Remember, was about three years ago, I went on that little Midwest baseball swing. And we went and saw an afternoon game in Cleveland, and then that night went over and drove over to Pittsburgh and saw the Pirates the next day. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's something. Or he was something. And uh, maybe he's on the way back. You know, he's 35 years old. And right now, obviously yesterday, he was something. He's been, he's been pretty good this season. Yankees after a bad start, five games over 500, just a game and a half behind the first place Red Sox. There's four teams bunched up at the top of the American League East. Padres get Fernando Tatis Jr. back. He went four for four. He homered, but I think it was that slide that got everybody's attention, PK. Over, kind of overrunning, over sliding the bag and staying on it with a big old splits. Yeah. 
Looked like a giraffe hitting the ground there. That looked like yeah, it would have hurt me. 22-year-old kid, man. Flexible. Yeah. He can exciting. do that. He can, he can jog out the shortstop and make it look exciting somehow. <laughs> That's very entertaining. Buster Posey drove in three runs. Giants win. They shut out the Reds 4-zip. And the Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 4-2. So, top of the National League West all winning. Giants a half came up on the Padres and two on the Dodgers there. Bees open a series in Vegas tonight against the Aviators. 8 o'clock. You'll hear it right here on the Zone Sports Network. Steve Klauke on and the call. Next week, they're opening it up. Full capacity, right? Yeah, against Round Rock. May when, 27th. When they're back. What's that? Is that Thursday they're back? We'll be coming back on Thursday. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Full 27th. Capacity. One week from today. Yep, it is. All right, coming up, Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio, talking PGA Championship. He's got to hop on a plane, so we are going to get to him next. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz. His weekly visit at 830, and Joe Ingles is here at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. To Rudy. Oh, he packed it with a right hand. Produce three all-stars. Check. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Earn the best record in the NBA in the top spot in the West. You are fabulous. Check and check. The regular season is over. And now the number one seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go. When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Premier Wave. You've heard about Acoustic Wave for ED and how it's an effective treatment to help nearly all men. There's now a physician-owned clinic here in Salt Lake. Learn how we are unique by, by visiting PremierWave.com for more information and to learn about the special offer. PremierWave.com. Where are we going? Well, we're going to talk with uh, BT here in a minute about the PGA Championship. I was just thinking about what you said about the... Uh, the Division One Council is going to act on legislative proposals next month to allow athletes to be paid the NIL. Is that going to be done while Britton Covey still has eligibility? Yes. All right. And granted, he'll be around forever. But he'll have his he'll have his doctorate by then. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Covey. <laughs> he'll he'll have picked up a third language. <laughs> A couple of kids, <laughs> Doctor Covey, finally able to do a little, uh, finally able to do a little work for some of those tech companies down there in Utah County. Get paid. Be the first college player to to play with a teammate's son. <laughs> <laughs> He's still only a junior. Chris Winky, move over. You're not going to be the oldest college football player ever. I got you, babe. It's a Groundhog Day. <laughs> Isn't that the song? Hold on, Britain, the money's coming. <laughs> Is that the song when uh, yeah. Bill Murray hit the... Uh, yeah. I got you, babe. Yeah, Sunny and Sherry. The alarm, alarm, Bill Murray alarm sit thing. up in bed at 6 a.m. <laughs> Same. Good. I miss those kids when they come here and play, and then they go away. Like Chase Hansen, I miss him. <laughs> He's a great kid to talk to. Cody Barton, you name it. Uh, Julian Blackman and, and, and whoever it is at BYU. John Beck, Curtis Brown, Max Hall. I mean, on and on. You talk to them every, like every day for a couple of years, and then they go. Away they go. Yeah. So, Covey's always a great, great interview. Great. I love watching him play. One of my faves, obviously, because he's an underdog. 
All right, well, hopefully they'll get the NIL done in time for him to cash in on it. He's still only a junior. All right, BT's going to join us here in a moment and second guess all the, uh, all the PGA Championship picks. See what he thinks of those babies. Well, I, t- yesterday I was joking about how Bob should have taken Adam Long. He's two under in second place. <laughs> and I was joking how I should have taken Zach Johnson. I said I was going to take Johnson. He's two under in second place. PGA's underway. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. You'll just second guess yourself to death here. Fowler, breaking through. St. George's own, almost, kind of. Two under tied for singing. Yeah. Ah, his grandparents have a banner on the fence above the golf course? No, not anymore. They took that uh, down. That was just when he won the players, which is what? Like 2015? This is a while ago now. They, don't, they, they had it that weekend. We were down there Memorial Weekend. Uh, they were... Uh, he, they, they, they've moved the players up, but that was when it was in May. And we were, like two weeks before, I want to say. I can't remember. He kept parring that hole, birdieing that hole, the par three, which is 17, down there in Florida. He's just in a zone. And then that we went down there Memorial Day weekend and played with some friends. And they did, uh, his grandparents who live on the Sun River course, hole 11. They, had, they did have a banner in the back. Your guy, Victor Hovland, your third-round pick, he got an early birdie. He's tied for seventh. He's one under. He's lurking. He is lurking. <laughs> That's your guy. <laughs> Why not... Victor Hovland? He had some decent odds for a guy who hasn't won a major. Uh, because I told you I get the uh, PGA. I'm on their emailing list, and they send me this stuff all the time in the email. Every week, three, four things. And they have stories that, that they, they compile it's like what's going on in golf that day, that week, and then they, and they link like four or five different things, right? Mm-hmm. So I looked at them uh, at one one time here in the last well, several times, but one that I looked at was talking about him and how he's getting better and that type of thing and proving and you know putting himself in position. So I mean, we could pick the JT. John Rom, I know Dennis uh, Dustin Johnson. <laughs> Top you know, five guys just, in the world. Just, we just I don't want to keep circulating the same right. guys and among we, the three did, of us. We didn't. It's I mean, boring. In the third round, we all reached for a different guy for one reason or another. Reached ish. Right. So. <laughs> you got out of the top five. It's more fun if yeah. your third round guy wins it. Oh, yeah. That's a better call. You picked Dustin Johnson. Wow. That's gutsy. <laughs> <laughs> Rom and Spieth. Are you kidding me? You know what me? I mean? Yeah. No, I do know what you mean. <laughs> Try to have fun with it. Yeah. Well, we were, it was good. We all stayed away from Brooks Kepka. So he went out and double bogeyed the first hole. So not healthy, not playing well. Everybody avoid him. So he's off to a lousy start. All right, it's you in a golf PGA Championship update with Brian Taylor from Real Golf Radio. It's brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried and Jensen, and Black Desert Resort. BT, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we? Good. You wanted to judge our PGA Championship picks. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's do it. I wanted a guy, but Bob thought he should be the number one pick in the first round. Was Jordan Spieth the right pick right out of the gate? You know, there's a lot of people that think so. Uh, we'll find out, right? Um, but he's got a lot of momentum. Uh, he's playing well. He's had five top fives already uh, this year. So, you know, we, we talked about his form. There's there's a couple of guys coming in this week that I think are in really good form, and Rory and and, um, and Jordan are, are two of those guys. And, 
course, they're both major championship winners, so that's a that's a huge plus um, coming in this week. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's a good pick for Bob. Then I went with uh, John Rahm and PK went with Justin Thomas to round out the first round. Well, those are really good, obviously solid picks, right? I mean, um, it's uh, I think both the Golf Channel guys picked John Rahm, you know, on their last uh, live from. And so, you know, you got that going for you, DJ. And then, I mean, Justin Thomas is, look, he's a past PGA Championship winner. It's the only major he's won. And he's also the defending players champ from a couple months ago. So, yeah, I, I like both of those picks. I mean, those are those are two really good ball strikers. And uh, John, John Rahm is an interesting study. You know, we've, we've watched him and, and most uh, – People feel that he has uh, maybe as much, if not more, talent than most of the guys out there. He just is sort of still figuring out the process of winning big tournaments, you know, especially major championships. It's it's a patience thing. It's a emotion thing. You know, he's he's a, an emotional Spaniard that um, you know sometimes the the, the temper and, and things get the better of him. He's admitted sometimes it just gets a little too fast for him, and so it'll be important to just kind of keep things slow for John Rahm as he you know, makes that progression. But look, he was one of my picks going into the masters. I thought he, you know, might come off of that, you know, having the new baby. And sometimes that just distracts you enough that you go out and, and, uh, and, and do something crazy like win. And he was kind of out of it until he, what was it? Saturday or Sunday. He shot a great, a great round and put himself right there, kind of back door to the top 10. So anyway, uh, I, I, I like what John Rom's doing. I think he's a good pick. I forgot. Where did he go to college? Yeah, he's uh, he went to some podunk school. I think it was in Arizona. I don't know. <laughs> Guys are so jealous. Jeez. You know, I, the way I look at it, I don't care what tournament it is, but if I'm playing in a golf course and they've got multiple and the one is called the ocean course, I'm probably going to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, typically you'd have a good time. This week... I don't know. I mean, did you see? I mean, we've already had an interesting start. I mean, John Daly, of all people, you know, chipped in for birdie on the first hole. And then on the 10th hole, first start, uh, first hole for Adam Scott, he made triple. Brooks Kepka made double, as you mentioned. So, I mean, anything can happen early on. Uh, I think it's important to, to, as you look at this leaderboard, Not you know, again, you can't win it on Thursday, but you can lose it on Thursday. And starting with a triple bogey, driving it in the water off 10, you know, for Adam Scott, that, that's tough to overcome. I mean, you can drop a shot. You can drop it. Even Brooks with two, but you start getting into that three shots first hole, digging yourself a pit. You know it's 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 going to be a battle for him. And um, so, hey, one of the guys out early right now that that's actually really impressive and is an interesting story to watch is Ricky Fowler. Yeah, I mean, this guy is uh, essentially playing on a sponsor exemption, if you will, special exemption to play. He missed the Masters, and he goes out and he uh, birdies eleven, which is the par five. A lot of guys are birdieing eleven, but then he gets fourteen, which is just a stupid hard par three. Um, just, I mean, it's almost a driver for probably uh, the likes of you and I, you know, where it's a, it's a beast of a hole and he goes out and makes a two there. So uh, interesting start for Ricky early. Our second round picks, Bob went with Rory. I went with DJ and PK went with Cantley. I actually heard that. I was listening to your segment yesterday and um, uh, Cantley is, Cantley is isn't it just isn't playing his best golf right now. But but normally I would say, typically, generally I should say I would I would take Cantley as an up and comer. He's probably one that you would include in most of your major championship picks. Um, I would say. And so uh, can he find something this week? We'll see. But I mean, obviously, solid player and um, he can make birdies and bunches. So I, I love I love Patrick Cantley. 
uh, other than he knocked Tony Finau out in the playoffs. Uh, oh, no, that was Max Homa. Never mind. I won't hold that against him. <laughs> Correct. What what uh, what do you think is going to be the final as far as score? You, you know, that's so hard to tell right now because you're, you're talking about a back nine that you're either hitting, you know, mid-irons into these par fours or you're hitting long irons and fairway woods, depending on which way the wind blows. So it's supposed to be a little benign wind conditions, compared, especially compared to, you know, what we saw in 2012 when it was played in August. I think they were it was blowing 30 on the Thursday, I think, maybe in their first round, second round maybe. And uh, it ended up being the highest. I think the scoring average was 78. So that's how big that that's how big of a swing the win can be there. So it's it's hard to predict what that's gonna what that's gonna be. But you know, most PGA championships you find you know it doesn't seem to be a U.S. Open style. So you're gonna see you know guys getting into the 10 to 12, you know maybe 14 range. But again, this this one's a little bit of a of a beast, more of a beast I think than than typical uh, PGA Championship golf course. So uh, right now, if you say, hey, we can get to 10, you got to feel pretty good about that. Third round, we all kind of reached and went for guys uh, who can break through. Bob took Zalatoris, I took Shoffley, PK took Hovland, who is already under par. Which, by by the way, I loved how – I was listening yesterday, PK, and you said you had a feeling about Hovland. I I do want to think that maybe I had something to do with that feeling. What would you say? I said you should pick Hovland. <laughs> Good feeling. Maybe that was the feeling. <laughs> and you're hooked on the feeling. I get it, right? Oh, I like it. Okay. But the, <laughs> uh, Xander, who, DJ, you had Xander? Yeah. Solid pick. I mean, he, he's the one that a lot of people aren't talking about this week. But, uh, again, a top three finish at the Masters. Uh, solid, solid player. In fact, I was looking at stats. I think in the last five years, uh, Brooks Kepka is the most under par in major championships. But I think Brooks is going to struggle, as we talked about, because he's hurt this week. And then you got Jordan and then Xander. Um, so Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, of the guys that are healthy, uh, have made the most birdies in majors in the last five years. So I, I think I think Xander's a really solid pick. When you look at this course, you already talked a little bit about it. What do you think the mindset is in the first round of these guys? Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit of a of patience. You know, it's it's in it's you know what, what's the golf course going to present? Uh, what kind of a win do I get? I mean, the, the guys that are teeing off right now that played early, it's you know it was barely blowing, maybe six miles an hour, seven miles an hour out there. There was a little dew on the grass, and so that that makes the fairways wider because they're more receptive. They're going to hold, and when the sun gets out and bakes them, and the wind starts picking up, you know, I think the mindset of the guys in the afternoon are different than the mindset of the guys in the morning. And of course, they switch that, as you know. So you, well, you'll see what, what how things shake out as far as the draw goes. But um, I, I think, I mean, a, a major championship Thursday mindset is like what we talked about. Hey, you know, get out there, keep yourself in touch, have a good start. Can't win it, but you can certainly lose it. So um, you know, you know, pick your spots. I, like I said, you just 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 don't make big mistakes like Adam Scott made with that triple. So I think that's mostly the mindset right now. I think most of the guys coming in this week have a. Um, a cautious, um, confident approach. You know, you have to be confident in what you're doing, but you got to be a little careful too, because this is, I mean, there's, there's trouble on every hole, uh, out here. So I think guys are going to play a little defensive. And, um, I, I think, I think that's probably warranted, especially on a Thursday. So what do you think Tony Finau's odds are? Everybody's waiting for him to break through and win a major. You know, 
Tony Finau's game is made for these kind of things. I know that sounds cliche, but I've watched him, you know, in these majors since, you know, back in 2015 at uh, at that crazy um, course in Seattle, um, at Chambers Bay, and nobody was nobody even knew who Tony was at the time. And you know, he went out and he got around that golf course really well. That was a baked out, hard, you know, uh, not seaside, but certainly sound side, I guess you will there. And you know, he, he he still had the winds coming off, and he played great. And really, ever since that, he's when it comes to big big tournaments, big venues like major championships tend to be. Tony plays better. He plays better than he does in regular PGA Tour events. I think his game is suited for it. Um, not only does he have the length, but he, he flights it down. I don't know how much you've had a chance to watch him actually hit balls in person, but it's unbelievable. I mean, he takes it back maybe three quarters. I mean, not, maybe three quarters. And then he's just got this low penetrating shot that is – It's I can't do it. I, I honestly I – I sit and sometimes just look, watch him and you know on video – and in my mind, what I've seen and try to replicate it and everything I hit just goes straight up in the air. I mean, the fact that he's able to hit these shots is sometimes they don't get above belt high, you know, with iron, like a three iron, just bullets. And I mean, that's going to be huge this week. I think it's a huge advantage. The big, the big question mark for, for Tony, and I, we went through his stats on Tuesday. Um, he's top 15 ball striker, you know, strokes gain T to green. But his putting, I think he's 81st on tour, which isn't, by the way, the worst position he's ever been in. So if, if the putter can, if he can have a hot putting week in a major, that's all it's going to take uh, because the rest of the game's there. All right, we know you got to catch flight, Brian. You hit the road, and we will hear you and uh, Bob Saturday morning, Real Golf Radio, right here on the Zone Sports Network. We're looking forward to it. We weren't able to make it to Kiowa. We're getting a little sneak preview of Torrey Pines South. Uh, we'll let you know how the U.S. Open venue is shaping up as well as uh, PGA Championship coverage this weekend. Should be a good time. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. All right, DJ and PK, there's a PGA Championship update. And PK, you'll keep the birdie watch going there on your guy? Oh, my guys. <laughs> okay. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Bob to Rudy. Oh, he packed it with a right hand. Produce three All-Stars. Check. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Earn the best record in the NBA in the top spot in the West. You are fabulous. Check and check. The regular season is over. And now the number one seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go. When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not... Your grandpa's Cadillac. Question of the day. Woo! Lakers won. Everybody now a Memphis fan on Friday night? Nope, Ryan says. I'm still a Jazz fan. Just hoping they get slash stay healthy. If so, I'm confident they'll beat whoever they need to. I don't know how much it matters at this point, uh, but I was wondering how many Jazz fans were pulling for the Lakers Thursday night as they're down by 13 in the first half at halftime. Steph Curry obviously hitting that dramatic shot right at the buzzer. Again, another buzzer beater just like LeBron to win the ball game at that point. And then the Warriors couldn't couldn't score, then couldn't get off a shot. Why in the world was Steve Kerr running down calling a timeout with two seconds to go? I don't know. 
I, I mean, I get if, you. you're, if you're timeout at five seconds and you had to run down, but once they got down, turn around and go back. He went so far, I guess he just felt committed. He wanted it at seven or six or and that's five fine. or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. At that point, he was just all in on getting it, I guess. But it was too know. late. I agree. It was too late. He played and right into the, the play work, they were about to. Get, it looked to me like they were about to get an open corner three, which they could have easily missed. But nonetheless, they are about to get an open corner three. And the Lakers are fully committed to double-teaming staff, and good luck to the rest of you. How come Kerr doesn't get the knock that Phil Jackson always got? Isn't it the same thing? Showed up just in time to win. Yeah. <laughs> Gravy training, Hall of Famers. Yeah, I guess it probably wasn't as obvious how good the Warriors were. Yeah, as opposed to that. Shaq. Like, uh, he'd, Shaq had already been to a final. And what? what yeah, but that's, that, that's the second time around. I mean, he even got it for the first time. Yeah. With the Bulls, not just the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Lake. I think the the Bulls does seem like a little better because there was a lot of anti Jordans just not going to get this done, which seems crazy in retrospect. But at the time, it's like he's a scorer, but he can't win the big one. Yeah, I thought that was. I I get the original intent of the timeout, but as the clock was dwindling, what's the point? You're just playing in the Lakers' hands. Yep. It's going to be awfully tough just to get a shot, let alone a good shot, and let alone have it go in. And yet, he crossed half court and called timeout. I would have teed him up. That's a coach's <laughs> box, man. <laughs> Get back over there. Yeah. That's Vogel. If I'm Jason Kidd, I would have gotten his face. Lionel Hollins. Dixie College's Lionel Hollins. They still calling him Dixie down there? What are they changing? Still they changing? Dixie State for the time being. Yeah, so it wasn't Dixie State at the time. Lionel played his junior college ball at Dixie State, did he not? What was then Dixie Junior Dixie College? Dixie College, yeah. yeah. Then he went on to that powerhouse known as Arizona State. Played uh, he was with Portland as a player, wasn't he? Pretty good player. Uh, he's on that bench uh, for the uh, Lakers, I think. So, yeah, the Warriors sort of blew it. But were you rooting? Were you rooting hard for the Lakers? I was watching the game. I mean, honestly, I couldn't care less who won, wins. I just thought as the game progressed that neither team looked that great. I mean, they've got Hall of Famers, but they both got kind of obvious weaknesses. Now, I guess you can argue that as the game went along, the Lakers played better. Maybe part of that's going to the smaller lineup or a little desperation. I thought LeBron played it really just kind of low-key there in the first half. There was nothing, you know. All of his awesome athleticism, not on display. He was a facilitator. He was passing the ball, and he was staying on the ground. Ten assists, yeah. Yeah. Second half, there was a little more. You know, there's some drives to the hoop where he looked more like LeBron. You know, the subtle elbow to got you off balance, a little bump there to keep you off balance. Uh, but he still played below the rim. But he did enough. Now, maybe he'll be everything we were talking about yesterday. He'll be healthier, and they'll be in a better flow. Maybe they'll be more committed to their smaller lineup. So it'll change. And and that's what Corey thinks. Corey says, Lakers and Warriors are going to meet in the conference finals. Corey who? Newblum. Let's just say Corey is a long, long time Laker fan. <laughs> who may have lived across the dorm for me in Flagstaff, Arizona way back No! Then. What? <laughs> hard, hard, hardcore. We need to meet this guy sometime. Laker fan. Purple and gold all the way through. 
Absolutely. Yes. Goes back to Chick and 17505 in the forum. Oh, yes. Yes. No no, no question about that. He. What are the odds on Lakers and Warriors in the Commerce Finals? Zero. Yeah. I'm with you. I was about to give you an over-under, but it, clearly you would have taken the under. <laughs> <laughs> I was debating 10-5-2. I was going to make it a really tiny number. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering if the Warriors had their shot and how much gas they have left. Maybe they can summon it up. You know, they're going home. Uh, To me, Memphis is a drastically different team because you get Jaron Jackson back, and what did he have? I think he had knee something that would cause him to miss just about the whole season. And he's a nice player. He's still in the developmental stage, but they're a different team now, and I think they're dangerous. And they didn't play that well consistently yesterday either themselves they didn't have to they won the ball game that's all that matters and i'm sure this nba you get the big lead sort of coast a little bit and spurs don't have much they they look like they need a massive rebuild Uh, two things the spurs need a haircut and a massive rebuild Uh, so i think they knew psychologically we don't really need to be balling out 100 percent to get this win so i like their chances against the warriors because the warriors they are who they are. You know, they're, they're not all of a sudden going to get something dramatic. No, that comes next season when they, when they get Clay back and they can really punish people for double-teaming Curry. They can't really punish people for that now. I mean, they might get a hoop here and there. They're a decent team. Right. So, I mean, they're very capable of winning this game. There's no question about that. But I can't guarantee you. I can't feel like, wow, it's like 75% Warriors. Don't road teams have to break through at some point? Home team's going to no, sweep this thing? I don't care. I know you that. don't care, but home teams don't win 100% of the games. No, nope. Neither do road teams. Neither does any right. team. <laughs> but road teams are now 0-4. Somebody ought to win no, on the room. That, that means nothing to me. Uh, the, the team that's better is the one that's going to win. Play it wherever you want. Uh, so, and Draymond was 0-5, only had two points, so he has an opportunity to be better than that. Uh We'll see about how that goes. Uh, but I, I feel confident that the Jazz can beat either team. But I don't think that it's going to be a sweep. I don't think they're going to roll uh, in, in that way. But if I'm a Jazz fan, uh, I still felt like, yeah, I would want the Warriors to win. And then I probably would want Memphis to win. Although I think it's more of a 50-50 deal to me. Uh, I, I don't know how much it matters which team wins. And the good thing, what I would like for is a game like last night, is that the game goes down to the end, the team is extended, physically and emotionally. They have to play big minutes. And then they have to get on a plane and fly to Utah. Particularly if the Warriors win, because their two guys are a little older. The bulk of Memphis's guys are younger, so the older you are, Shouldn't be a little more taxing. Yeah, but the Jazz, my gosh, they, they absolutely have to win game one because everything's going to be set in their favor. You've been sitting around. Uh, you're fully rested. You're going to be 13,000 plus in your arena. That's the largest of any, and the people are going to be excited about it. They understand you have the best home uh, 
court right now in terms of attendance. You have the best record. Everything is in your favor. That would be a huge, huge letdown. Not necessarily a fatal, devastating loss, but it would be emotionally. It would be a big old letdown because things are right in your favor with the other team having to play. And what time? That's That's got to be in the evening, right? Uh, 7, 8 o'clock tomorrow night? 7. Yeah. I think they promote it during the game at 7. 7. Okay. Yep. So uh, I assume the, the winning team... Uh, Probably just stays there for the yeah. night and then flies Saturday. Yeah. So that's going to be... And all the stuff about, oh, the one seed's going to have the least prep time. Well, the eight seed's going to have less prep time because they're going to spend time on a plane. But they should. I agree they should. That's the disadvantage. Right. Yes. You should have some so advantage I'm, of I'm having not, the I'm one not wound seed. up at all. Well, right, but you know if they come out sluggish, we're going to hear it. But the other team wasn't prepping for you during that downtime. It's, it's even, and they're at a slight disadvantage because they had to travel and you didn't. I know, but we hear that every time. The, 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 the Pac-12 tournament or any tournament, when the team doesn't get the bye, if you come out and you're the team that gets the bye and you hammer them, well, you're just better. That team's tired. But if the team that doesn't get the bye comes out and plays well, oh, well, they had the advantage of playing and being on the court in the familiar surroundings. I mean, it's a bunch of cliche stuff. They just go to it every time, blah, 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 blah. Just whatever advantage, disadvantage, overcome it. This is the world, and the world doesn't care about your problems. <laughs> Kyle Whittingham. Especially when it comes to sports. 90% of the people don't care about your problems, and the rest are glad you have them. Yeah, I don't know that he made that up, but... Uh, Nobody's beat it into the ground. Uh, when it comes to sports, uh, you're playing basketball, so who gives a rip? Just find a way to win. That's all that matters. Lakers found a way to win for themselves, and I think that was an important win for the Lakers because now they can get a couple of days to regroup a little bit and refresh and be ready for themselves on Sunday afternoon. That that That's a nice little uh, time off. You know who you're going to play. You have three days off before you play. That, that seventh slot, that's a nice situation, especially for the Lakers with LeBron being 36 years old and having the ankle issues, and now he's, he's seeing three rims. I mean, that's tough. You're shooting it. You can get, find that... See if we can find that sound. He said that in the walk-off thing. He, he's, he's playing. He saw, I'm literally seeing three rims. Are you literally a drama queen? <laughs> so the Packers GM just said, NFL's got a lot of drama queens. Why limit it to the NFL? Let's go to pro sports. Well, I think when he was on the ground there after Draymond Green, freaking Kurt Rambis bounced right up when Kevin McHale, McHale took his head off and LeBron is down. I thought there was a freaking soccer player. I thought I was at Rio Tinto there for a second. Or the depot down in Carson. Suck. Jeez, get up already. And you got eye drops? I mean, it, you can't be the Jordan flu. You're not going to be Jordan with the I, I drama. I literally saw that. He wants a flu game. Yeah. <laughs> How many rims did he see, Yuck? Well, the first thing I did when KCP kicked, uh, kicked it out, I looked at the shot clock. Um, I saw it was, uh, I had to get it up, uh, at least get up on the rim. The second thing I saw was three rims. Uh, you know, from being uh, poked in the eye on that previous possession when I drove to the hole and then in transition. So I just aimed for the middle one. Oh, brother. 
CJ McCollum watching the game, yeah. tweeting out, actor of the year, laughing, crying emoji. And then later, I'm going to sleep, period. Three rims, three laughing, crying emojis. Three rims. <laughs> What's with the guy? You didn't see three Gotta rims. Gotta create drama, man. You did not see three rims. I want someone to recreate being poked in the eye and then going out there. How many rims do you see? If, if, if Vogel would have known, if Gary Vitti, who's retired, would have seen, would have known that, they would have taken him out. <laughs> Threw that out there for the old uh, guy across the hall in the dorm, didn't you? Gary Vitti going back in the day. <laughs> I don't know who the new trainer is, but he, he, he got a lot of run. He was a cantankerous fellow, too. Gary Vitti was? Uh, at least when I was around him in the 90s. <laughs> Because uh, I mean, they they could afford to be at that point. They they were late eighties, nineties before Magic stepped aside. I mean, they were they were the toast of the town, obviously. So they didn't need the media. Are you kidding me? They're like BYU used to be. They didn't need the media. Now they need the media, so they've changed it a lot more accommodating. And we're back. <laughs> so uh, I just when I heard that, I mean, that, that LeBron. He, but I better give him credit. He's an entertainer. You know, not, oh, I got the ball, I had no choice but to shoot, and it went in. Way to go. No, he's got to add in. I was poked in the eye, and I saw three rims, so I shot at the middle one. (laughs) My goodness. If I'm Phoenix, whatever basket they're shooting at, I, I, I try to find some way to have a picture of two other rims. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. In Phoenix, three different people holding up a thing of the rim behind the backboard. Yeah. I'm all in for that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Right. That would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> three Suns fans. Three signs, three rims. All right, let's go to the phones. Randy, good morning. You're on with DJ and PK. What's up, Randy? LeBron was channeling his inner Rocky. Don't you remember Rocky Four? Yes. Drago's kicking his butt. Yes. And Rocky's like, I see three of them out there. And Paulie's like, hit the one in the middle. And then the follow-up coach is like, yeah, hit the one in the middle. Yeah, Twitter was all over that. You're right. It was a Rocky line. Thanks for the call, Randy. I <laughs> know. Oh, it's so dramatic. You know, like, I, I give him credit, though. He's an entertainer. He he brings He's a phenomenal ball player. No matter what you think of him, you can't argue. The guy's an incredible player. Uh, so and he's not necessarily a three-point shooting specialist, but he makes the three. I mean, obviously his game is well-rounded, and he can do – he's one of these guys. Joe, we had Joe Ingles on a couple weeks ago. We talked about him. He didn't know if he was going to make the NBA because he does a lot, he did a lot of things good – but didn't necessarily do anything well. Well, with LeBron, he does a lot of things well at a high, high level. So, I mean, he's the ultimate ball player as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's not, we don't view him as a pure three-point shooter, but yet he goes two for three, two for four and hits the game winner. I mean, guy's, guy's incredible. You've got to give it up to him as a ball player. You, I don't see how you can have any criticism. I, I can't think of one thing 
that I would criticize LeBron on as far as his basketball playing ability. And I'm not going to really criticize him on the other stuff. I mean, just having fun with the uh, the drama queen. I mean, I, I think that's who he is, but that that's that's okay. Uh, the other stuff, if you want to criticize him, that's your call. I don't really care what he does there. But can you think of any criticism of him as a basketball player? Well, I mean, I know the stuff we all hear. You know, and, he's not big enough in the big moments, and he's lost too many times in the finals, and he lost to teams he shouldn't have lost to. Now, everybody who loves him will tell you, well, yeah, he lost those finals because he shouldn't have even been there. First one with the Heat would be the exception. And that's the one. Yeah. And that's the difference where I put Jordan ahead of him. Should have never lost that series. Yeah. You're up 2-0 on Dirk Nowitzki and right. a cast of nice players. Right. Jordan's not losing Should've that series. Should have lost it. Should have closed it. Should have done That's the, the deal. one difference. But I'm comparing him to Jordan. That's my criticism. You're not Jordan? <laughs> I know. Well, that's what's left. He's got four <laughs> titles. I mean, if he gets this one, he pulls up alongside Kobe, and he didn't get to play with Shaq. And he pulls up alongside Magic, and he didn't get to play with Kareem. I mean, Dwayne Wade's a nice player, but... AD's a nice player, but they're not Kareem and Shaq. <laughs> so there isn't much to say. I mean, I guess the three-point shooting thing you're going to, he's kind of peaked out at about a 36, 36.5% free throw shooter, maybe 37. Did he get to 37 one year? I'd have to look that up. But I don't think he's gotten better than that. So he's not great at that. That's, that's the weakness. But compared to where he was when he came into the league, when he didn't even shoot 30% from three, he's clearly worked at it and gotten a lot yeah, better. That was 18 years ago. Nobody yeah. should, no, threes weren't an emphasis. He's worked at it, and he's gotten a lot better. It wasn't easy for him. What do you mean? And you're right. Easy. The game has changed. Shooting basketballs is not as hard. It wasn't easy some, for him. For some people, it's easy to make three-pointers. They're good at it. That's a strength. It wasn't a strength of his. And now, if it's not a strength, yeah. at least it's not a How weakness. How many 6'9", 270-pound guys are great three-point shooters? Joe Ingles, <laughs> if he put on some weight. <laughs> What's the point of having that body if you're going to be out there shooting nothing but threes? Who you wants that? got to do it all. And he does do it all. He made the game-winning three. He did. <laughs> Dan's on the line. Dan, what do you have? LeBron, I mean, it's, it's got to be a fabrication, right? You get hit in the head, you go to the ground. The way he was acting, I thought he hit his head off the ground, but the replay obviously didn't show that. Yep. And then he's seen three rims. That's a complete sign of concussion. So, are you seeing three rims and need to be taken out of the game per concussion protocols? Or is it the big fabrication and lie trying to make, you know, it's the Paul Pierce coming out of the wheelchair. Oh, I'm, I'm back. Paul Pierce, that's a good call right there. I like that. Good work. Paul Pierce out of the wheelchair. That's ah, not so bad. Except you're Paul Pierce. <laughs> nothing against Paul Pierce. But he's not LeBron. But yeah, I mean, he's a nice player. Yeah, I, I think he added the drama. He might have had a little blurry vision, but there's no way We've all way been poked in, in the eye and had the blurry vision. three rims. That's just, Thanks you know. for the call. Three freaking rims? Come on. You watched all the Rocky movies on some long road trip, and that line... It's just banging around the back of your head. I did. I don't remember any of those Rocky movies, honestly. I just I remember one, and that's it. They all ran together. I, there's no way. What do you say, Rocky three or Rocky four? Rocky there, four. There is no the way I could have told you. I don't remember that line whatsoever. Did you see that movie? I'm sure I did, 
but I don't remember. They you all... don't even know the plot line for Rocky Four, do you? I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's the second best Rocky of all of I them. D- but there's no such thing as the second best Rocky of I all of them. break you. Because I don't, re- now I remember that, but I can't assign. It's like albums today. I can't tell you what song is on what album. Because you don't hold the album in your hand and memorize it the way you used to. No. That's how you remembered stuff. Yes. You'd look it over and there was the list. Boom. And, and now I you normally just don't. It on your phone. I don't it's, buy albums. I buy songs. Right. Now I might buy ten of the twelve songs, but you're not buying the album. But I can't even remember. Like I've got a hundred plus Kenny Chesney tunes, and my wife will say, "Play this one," and I have to look, and I have to go through all of them because I can't assign the song to the album anymore. That, like I kid when I was a kid. And that's happening more and more. My younger brother to, yeah. to this day. There's no reason to though. There's, no, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's no, no reason to. And so he legitimately, he couldn't tell you if there was an album for X number right. of bands. I don't know. And it frustrates me. If by the time she wants a tune, the moment of wanting the tune is passed. Because I can't, I, I can't remember. And I don't even know. It's not, not that I can't remember because I've never known, but yet I know dozens and dozens of his tunes, but I can't assign. It's the same thing with those Rockies. You say the plot, but I can't assign. Oh, that was Rocky 2, Rocky 3, blah, blah, blah. To me, there was Rocky. Yeah, there was Rocky and the and rest. Lost. There's Rocky 2 and 1. Rocky 3, I no. don't remember. Rocky 4, bring on the Russians. After that, I lost you. No. To me, it's college football overtime. I refuse to acknowledge oh, the second overtime, the third overtime. It's just overtime. That's they're just, when you play four plays. Don't tell me that's an overtime period. That's an insult to the NFL. So there's the regulation, and then there's overtime. There's Rocky, and then there's overtime. They all run together. DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your next home loan. You need to connect with the most preferred lender in Utah, Christian Roberts Mortgage. They specialize in jumbo loans. I specialize in jumbo jacks. How many people get that? A lot of our California people do, and yeah. we have a uh, couple of jack in the boxes in St. George. St. Washington, Utah, where my grandpa lives. Yeah. You hit the old, uh, the old jack I'm, in the box? Every time I'm down there. Those tacos, man. Oh, the tacos? Yeah, I get like 10 of them, like two bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mystery meat tacos, baby. So when I was in high school, the, the uh, hangout was the Jack in the Box. No way, really? Yeah. Round table pizza was our hangout. Yeah. That's and, also a good one. And right in there the too. parking lot, and just around the Jack in the Box. Mm. And Moon Valley, they had, uh, they had one on like 35th where Richard Jefferson went. Yeah. Uh, and there was a little bit of age difference between the two of us, so I don't know that they did. And they hung at the, that place, but yeah, there were the 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 surrounding schools. Everybody knew where that's where people hang hung out, and a Jack in a Box was one of them for us. So absolutely, and then when I played baseball, if you got three hits, you got a free Jumbo Jack. All right, <laughs> nice incentive. I like it. That could cost you a college eligibility. But I, oh, yeah. I, think I had that to worry about. Right. <laughs> they were beating down your door. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't make a decision, so I went to none of them to play ball. <laughs> <laughs> that, in fact, I sucked. 
<laughs> but I actually I didn't like the jumbo jack. I didn't like Jack in the Box's burgers. I love their tacos, but I didn't like their burgers. I'm with you there. Burgers, really? Are really yeah. I don't know that I've ever had their tacos. I've only had their burgers, but I haven't how had a burger at Jack in the Box. How have you never had a Jack in the Box taco? What? You never had a Jack in the Box taco? Yeah, they're good, man. No, yeah. The taste stays with you for like three hours. Yeah. I bet I haven't been to a Jack in the Box in 20 years. And if right. I'm wrong, it's more than well, that. Well, you're fitting Utah yeah. for <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, there's one right on I-15, man. One of the and last blown, places I've, you can eat in the state of Utah. I've blown right <laughs> by story. It's a true story. It's right there. <laughs> I've flown right by And then it. there's one mm. right across from the In-N-Out. Correct. That's the one I go to most of the time. Yeah. Down there off of uh, Green Springs Road. In the In-N-Out. When before... I've been to In-N-Out recently. That was the but, first In-N-Out in Utah. Yeah, as I say, before they had them here. Now it's still packed. They're all packed. Oh, yeah. And one time we're coming back from Vegas, work assignment. My wife came with me. I think it was a Sunday afternoon. And so we stopped there. And so she wants to get... A, she loves the... If she gets a soft drink, Coke Zero, in a big gulp-like thing with a ton of ice. So she goes across to the gas station to get it, and then we eat outside. It's a beautiful day. It must have been conference tournament or something in March. And so we're eating it outside, and she's got her drink, and I just get the drink that you get at the in and out And I remember it specifically. So the next morning I come in to work. Yeah, we were still we were over at, the, at 1320 and underneath the freeway there. Mm-hmm. And because that room was darker here because it had no windows. Uh, I can remember opening up and squinting because it was dark. And uh, the next Monday, and there's an email. Guy says, hey, how come your wife went over to the gas station to get her drink? How come she didn't want the drink at In-N-Out? Stalker, back (laughs) off. Jeez. Wow. (laughs) I told her about that. And it was in the early days, so she wasn't used to the overwhelming amount of fame that I have now. Mm -hmm. So now she just rolls with it, you know. And so, (laughs) and so she felt very self-conscious that somebody was watching her. Let's put it this way: multiple times when I was in high school, because the In and Out opened up down there when I was in high school, we made drives Friday nights down to St. George to get In and Out and drove back in the same. Are you serious? Dead serious. (laughs) Not sure I would do that. No. It was a bad idea. Let's put it that way. Especially now with your guy with the high gas prices. Jeez, man. What were you thinking? Drive a Prius pickup. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself 50 Get miles to the gallon on a hybrid, yeah. Yeah, but, okay, so th- th- that's classic you. You pretend to worry about the other guy, but I'm covered, so screw you all. I don't care. Not the first time gas has been this expensive. It's going to happen again. But it's happening right now. Yep. I don't care about before. I care about ahead. I don't borrow f- worries from the future. It ought to come down. They got that pipeline hack fixed. That's supposed to fix everything, right? I don't know. I don't pay attention to any of that. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's up. Oh, really? Some hacker hacked a pipeline. It's major pipeline. And- <laughs> it wouldn't have been up if my guy would have been in there. We wouldn't have hacked a pipeline? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he would have told them don't do it, and they would have listened. Going to St. George for a burger? Man, yeah, I'd be hungry by the time I got back. We did it. Did we have to go burger. back again? We yes. Did, <laughs> we, did, we did it multiple times. I'm not saying it's a smart idea, but we did it. You kids, Utah County kids, you're so wild.
our hangout was Wendy's, so we had to upgrade at some point. Trevor tweets at us here, and I think he hits a point you were just making in the commercial break before we got waylaid by random stalkers and burgers. Trevor says, I'm just glad I don't have to watch a whole series of LeBron yet. I hope Golden State beats Memphis. I love watching Steph, and honestly, if we can't beat this year's version of Golden State, we aren't winning at all anyway. Okay, I agree with that, but does that mean you don't like watching LeBron? People actually don't like him watch playing ball? It's what he does. It's like he was created to play ball. How do you not like watching him play ball? I'd have to guess. He doesn't spell it out. Maybe it's the classic, I like to root for the, the smaller guy. The, the bigger, okay, then root against him. That's bigger, even more fun. Bigger, taller, faster guys. Like, well, he's awesome, but what are you supposed to do about it when you're not that big, tall, that fast, that strong? But if you root against him, you're going to end up being happier more times than you're sad. Because nobody wins more titles than they, they lose. Right. I mean, you just don't do it. Right. Losing and not just literally in the final losing, but if you play no, twelve guys years, play twelve years and win five titles, yeah. they play fifteen and win six. And if they're extremely fortunate and extremely right, I was, rare, I was basically that was Jordan and Magic <laughs> yeah. off the top of my head. I don't know how if I got the math exactly right, but I, yeah. How do you not like watching all timers? That's the point of the sport, isn't it? Yes. And honestly, the point of him saying something crazy afterwards is so you can root against him even more. Yes, the three and rims, that's the fun. The three rims is ridiculous. Even other NBA players are tweeting about it. But so what? It's something to talk about. That's you don't the want to, fun of you it. Want, you don't want to break down rotations against the pick and roll all day long. No. And I think the point about being this year's version of Golden State, you were we were talking about the game of the break. They were showing highlights, and we were watching them for the, for the 18th time, even though we knew what happened. You're like, Steph's just too loose with the ball. In the third quarter, when the Warriors' defense had really frustrated the Lakers for a half, they gave him a bunch of easy hoops in transition off turnovers. And usually, and this was a point Locke was making about when I was talking about turnovers, is you've got to say live ball turnovers. It's the steals that really matter because that's where the fast breaks and the easy points come from. But he loses one out of bounds, and I think it was— Curry, yeah. Yeah, Curry lost it out of bounds. It uh, was—no, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, white guy, headband. Caruso. Thank you. Alex Caruso. It was Alex Caruso. And he got in there, right, kind of dug the ball out while he was dribbling, and it rattled back and forth off both of them, and it went off Curry and went out. Curry kind of dropped his head. The Warriors dropped their head, and they take a tight shot of Caruso, and but he wasn't the only Laker who figured it out. Somebody inbounded it, you throw it ahead, AD runs ahead, they basically get a two-on-two, and AD scores over some little guy who was the only guy who got back to help. I don't even remember who it was. And AD scores. It's like, you're giving up an easy basket, and it was a turnover that stopped play. There's no reason for that. And the Jazz, if they – and you got to assume who – well, it would be the Jazz if the Warriors – but the Grizzlies ought to be prepping for this too. Where do those turnovers come from? What action are they running? How the Lakers defend them? Now, the Lakers are defending with bigger, taller, longer guys, and so that's probably yeah. part of it. Right. But at the same time – that's where you've got to try to, you know, recreate those double teams and those rotations and see if you can get those steals. Sometimes it wasn't a bigger, longer guy. There was a turnover early in the third quarter. Draymond Green didn't see a guy rotating and basically ended up throwing it straight to a Laker. He did. So that's that's anybody. Any 
six four guy with average arms can make that play. And that's fast breaks, and the Jazz get threes in transition. We all know that's Quinn's been prioritizing that all year. So I think there's a lot to what he says here in the second half about, man, if you can't beat this year's version of Golden State, where are you going in the playoffs anyway? I said good Jazz agree, over six agree, in Golden agree, State, agree. and watching that game, I was regretting it. Should have said Jazz in five. Right, that's what I had. I was, I was like, I gave him an extra game. I that's thought it too was much too much respect, too much respect for Steph, because the rest right. of the Warriors aren't that good. And we saw it late in the game. AD goes well, to double. Okay, some of them. Right, but if you're really good and should be going very deep in the playoffs, I agree. Yeah, you should be handling. That's why I have team. no interest in rooting for either team tomorrow. Right. I'm going to watch the game for work purposes and entertainment purposes. But the Jazz um, should be either one of these teams. Yeah, but I couldn't care less who they play. Maybe I'll regret it, but I don't care because I think the Jazz will be better. And I also was thinking about, as I was watching Green and, and Steph with combined 12 turnovers, that's too much. I was thinking back to your uh, debate a couple of weeks back with uh, Locke on the turnovers. And uh, I, and I know some jazz people heard us, and they, or especially you, when you're going on it, and they were thinking that you're wrong. I'm as I think about it, I'm thinking not necessarily in the numbers, but I think the point you were making is absolutely spot on because for them. They have this ultimate rim protector. So if you give away two points, no. Because force the other team to score, because two points and a turnover is usually right at the rim. Well, how many buckets? That there, must, there should be some kind of stat out there. The fewest buckets allowed at the rim. I'm Sherlock. It is out there, and I'm sure that's go bear. That just quickly. screams go bear. Yes. and you want all these metrics, and they've got all these things, and I don't need to see them all because they're just verifying what I already know. This guy's an animal at protecting the rim. He's a beast. So if you give them turnovers and two points is an exaggeration, you know, because if you only give up two, you're screaming up, you're celebrating, right? But any points you give up at the rim off of turnovers is a waste of go bear. Because he's that dominant that you don't want to do that. So of all the teams that should be most protective of the ball, it should be this team because they have the best rim protector. Yes. Because, well, first off, the part I'll plead guilty to is I wasn't precise enough. It shouldn't have been turnovers. It should have been live ball turnovers and steals, as Locke said. And he's the one who said five a game. When you get to five of those a game and you're giving up 10 points, that's going to have a significant impact on winning and losing. You might overcome it occasionally, so it's not a guarantee, but your win percentage is going to start dropping if you have five of those a game. And I think you're right about what you say. It's not Locke was comparing it to these other teams with turnovers, and they're not very good. Okay, well, that team, to your point— might just be going down and giving up a hoop anyways. What does it matter? They're not very good. They can't defend. And the Jazz are very good at that. And they're top three or four in the league in defensive efficiency. I'd have to look it up. But they're very good. And I also think it kills them offensively. They're one of the best offensive teams in the league. If you have a turnover, you get zero. And you're averaging more points possession than these other teams. The other team would get, if they don't turn it over or they do turn it over, it doesn't impact winning and losing because they were going to miss the shot anyway. 
the better you get at offensive and defensive efficiency, and the Jazz are top four in the league in both. They might be top three in the league in both. I'd have to look. It was close with them and the Knicks at the end. But the point is, they're, it's costing them more points, and they're giving up more points. And I also think there's a psychological momentum thing. When you've been facing Gobert the whole game, and you get a couple of easy layups because the Jazz are getting loose with the ball in one stretch, the other team starts feeling better. You've talked about it forever, that the deflation that comes with missing a shot and then how pumped-up teams come when they get a shot. Oh, and they yeah, get one yeah, to go. Yeah. You get all fired up on the other end. Yeah. And so when you give them a couple live ball turnovers yeah. and a chance to score one-on-none or two-on-one without Gobert around, it's a jolt of energy, plus the points. Right. And the, that and is, the Warriors gave that to the Lakers they, most definitely. big time in the third quarter. Yeah, outscored them by 11, I think. Yeah. Well, they had, they had 42, Lakers had 42 points at halftime and got 35 in the third. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure at least 10 of them came in transition. They spent the whole quarter in transition. Right. And that's, that's a frustrating aspect. And that's really, at least the first round, which is all we're worried about right now, that's one of the ways I see the Jazz losing the series. I don't see them losing it. But if they were to lose it, that situation in which you just described is one of the ways. I mean, the great thing about it, at least to me, as I see this, whoever it might be, now that we know it's one of two teams, that aside from injury, just catastrophic stuff, and I don't even want to talk about it, the only way I see them losing is by really playing well below their capability for four games. Yeah, you don't play your best ball. Four times in two weeks against the same team, Memphis or Golden State, I just don't see it. No, I don't either. And that was really what I took watching the Lakers. That Now, the Lakers may get better, but that version of the Lakers last night, then Jazz would have handled them. Oh, and that, that's that, why, that and that's why club, Barkley uh, that said performance what he last night? Yeah. yeah. That performance last night doesn't beat the Jazz. Now, if LeBron gets healthier and they're playing better, yeah, you never know. You never know. And, and But watching that last night, I'm like, why would the Suns be afraid of this team? Especially now. Uh, You're right. Six weeks from now, might, I might think differently. <laughs> yeah, even, even a week and a half from now. And it's going to be something, Phoenix, you know, because people talk about how the scars here. I've lived in two of the cities where the Lakers have scarred their <laughs> yeah. NBA team Phoenix dramatically. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, in the, the 80s. Suns, yeah. stars. Yes, it seemed like every freaking year magic. And yep. just, oh my gosh, and I'd sit back there, and I felt bad. I was I was a Suns fan in the way, I'm, but my fandom doesn't revolve around the score. It revolves around the teams that I follow closely, and, and I've always been an NBA fan, and I've never not lived in an NBA city. Looks like they lost to the Lakers four times in that decade. And then, uh, no, Bitter. five times. Bitter. Five times and then finally beat him in 1990 and got over the hill. Over the hump. Yeah. Hornacek was on that team. Yeah. And then he got traded. Imagine losing to the team. I mean, the Jazz lost to the Lakers three times in four years. Imagine losing to him five times in nine. And then finally. Oh, yeah. Finally getting the W. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280. The Zone. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, joins us next. Joe Ingles at 905. Stay with us. Bob to Rudy. Oh, he packed it with the right hand. Produce three all-stars. Check. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Earn the best record in the NBA in the top spot in the West. You are fabulous. Check and check.
The regular season is over, and now the number one seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go! When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK is brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision to Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Time to welcome in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler Jack. Bowler, good morning. DJ PK, how are you? Good. I'm curious, Bowler. Warriors or Grizzlies? Who do the Jazz want? Who do you think the Jazz want? Or do you care? Do you think the Jazz are better in both these teams? And let's just get to Sunday night and get to game one and get on, get on with it. I'm a combination of, of both. But look, Steph Curry is playing at an extremely high level right now. And the team, the Warriors fuel off of his play. I was impressed. They blew a 13-point lead, right? And LeBron hits a 30-footer, which I just sit back and go, wow. You know, a couple of MVPs, Hall of Famers to be. They had quite a, you know, they put on a show, first half, second half. Um, Curry's, Curry's shots are sometimes just spectacular. They never move net, by the way. Um, look, I don't know if, a, if, you know, I don't know what you guys think. I don't know if one guy can beat a team in seven in a seven-game series, but if there's a couple, I can think of, you know, LeBron or uh, or Steph Curry being one of those. You know, look, I, I think John ja Morant's a, a young, you know, young talent. They're more inexperienced. So on that note, I would say, yeah, Memphis would be uh, an easier uh, way. Could be totally wrong because, again, playoffs take, you know, levels, uh, players' games to different levels. But, um, you know what, I think if you talk to Quinn, he just said, let's go play. It's time. You're going to have to go through, I think, an incredible run uh, to get to the Western conference championship anyway so you might as well you know get get it up and go um curry's incredible they beat us not more than what two and a half weeks ago uh with some of his spectacular play but uh, i would think leaning uh to the memphis side would maybe an easier path to round two only thing my curiosity is is what is Donovan Mitchell going to do and what is his availability going to be with availability number one being the foremost thing on my mind. you have any insight? PK, it's on mine as well. And all of Jazz Nation, no, very quiet. Uh, you know, protection of a player, which is nothing new uh, in the way that Jazz handle uh, players and injuries. You know, I would assume, and look, I'm just throwing this out here, I'm guessing. Um, the update, if it's still on schedule, should be tomorrow. Um, so I'm guessing a word will come out. But so far, we haven't, you know, in the old days, speaking of old days, a year and a half ago, you know, shoot around practice would give us much more insight on how active he's been. But I don't know. Uh, it's been, you know, totally uh, quiet. And that's about all I know. I'm assuming. With Conley back, Donovan will be back, and the guard line will be as is. Uh, two all-stars running the show back there. But um, the severity of the injury, we all saw it, and it wasn't fun. LeBron had a high ankle sprain, and it took him 20, what, six games? What was it, Pete? You guys, it was close. Donovan misses, has missed you know, over a month 
but luckily he's had an extra six days uh, that he can heal up and practice and maybe get back in the, into the system or the flow again uh, with his teammates. Um, but still, game time or game situations are not, is not, nothing like what we know. Practice time is one thing. Game time is a totally different thing, PK. Uh, but I'm assuming he'll be ready. I'm assuming he'll be ready to go. So if you get past the health question, it's hard to do it because that's the big question. But if you get past that, what questions do you have, not just for any one opponent, but just the Jazz in the postseason big picture? Well, um, I've said this and I'll stay with it. I think the Jazz, obviously, offense becomes magical when they pass the ball and it's crisp and on target. When things get a little sloppy or forced in a short shot clock, the turnover occurs. And then you see uh, the ability to run it right down the floor to the rim. Um, I think the Jazz turnovers sometimes are more costly than others. And also the inability at times to have an offensive rebound off a missed three, which allows guards uh, on opponents. That ball jumps deep off the rim back to almost midcourt at times. And that allows a pretty easy uh, bucket in transition. So, those are a couple things that just jump out. Look, defensively, the Jazz, I still think, with Rudy and the way they rotate, are solid favors, uh, tries to just keep that lead or keep things even while, while Gobert <clears throat> gets his rest. Teams do attack the paint more. We all know that with Rudy off the floor, so it shows his value. Um, but, I, you know, I think those are a couple things that jump out at me. I really do. Look, they're going to try to force a ball out of the hands of Mike or Donovan or both. Uh, teams will defend the three-point line and, and, you know, make the Jazz uncomfortable. So maybe to see Bogey, uh, you know, continue some inside play to loosen things up. But Donovan's return, DJ PK, in my book, will help open the floor again because I think they were getting jammed up at times and they had to really work hard to get the, the points they put up. So, I hope he's healthy because it only makes the team better. How much do you think of all the experience that they had uh, before they got Conley combined with Conley and losing in that first round and blowing that 3-1 lead in a devastating manner has created a type of focus that maybe they haven't had that they have now once the ball goes up on Sunday? Everything you just said, PK, is the whole premise of why this team is dangerous, in my opinion, because they've been through situations that very few teams have. And that's the way I look at it. And Again, we've discussed it before, but let's take it, peel the onion back 14 months. When you have COVID, you, we were the epic centerpiece of it in Oklahoma City. Uh, you, you know, the, the whole relationship of Donovan and, and Rudy made national headlines. And then you go to the bubble. You get beat after, you know, leading 3-1. Donovan's statement, PK, as you just mentioned, never again. And then even throw in a, a scary, you know, almost life-changing flight to Memphis when you take off to the north and hit a flock of birds. Come on. And, you know, life kind of flashes a little bit before your eyes. And then they share that experience together. And now here they are with the number one seed. And you couldn't really write this. Uh, even, you know, you think about the accomplishments, but the journey to me, I know I don't want to overplay it, but when you, when you experience those things together as a, as a, as a group, it only, the bond only thickens and the purpose only becomes more, 
I think, um, in front of your face and what we're supposed to do, what we want to do, what we're going to do. And I think that plays into the Jazz hands. Their experience may not be as much without Conley. His experience is high level. The Jazz are still in that early stages of those playoff experiences. Look, you can't match LeBron and what you know Steph Curry have gone through. But I still think life experiences and the way this team plays uh, is going to bode well. It should. It should bode well for them. Usually, I like upsets. I like unpredictable. I like the underdog to pull it off. The Jazz and the Suns are the one and two seeds. And spend the last few days reading everybody's predictions and everybody's expectation for what's going on. Nobody expects a Jazz Suns final in the West. And they're one and two. So, in a weird way, I got to root for the favorites to root for the underdogs, which is completely an oxymoron. But nonetheless... Jazz and Suns in the conference final. That's what I want. Let's go. Yeah. What, what are the odds? Or well, Lakers, Clippers, maybe the Nuggets. Who knows? Or the Mavs. Uh, you know, I was look, thinking about it last night, looking at the standings. Sometimes I just find myself staring at the, the computer screen, trying to, like, I wonder what happens here if that moves there and they go here, then they're out, they're in, boom. You know, it's kind of fun, really, to think about all the what-ifs. You know, this this is loaded. This is a playoff of the ages, in my opinion. I mean, the, as we know, the West is a, is a buzzsaw every night you, you get on the floor, and this playoff series will be no different. Look, Lakers-Suns, one really good team, especially the Lakers when they're healthy, uh, is going to lose. And, you know, that's kind of like, wow. And then you look at, you know, uh, what the Clippers are up against. The Clippers are flying kind of low with not a lot of hype. Uh, it's just kind of that way their personality is, right? It's kind of the Paul George, quiet Kawhi Leonard kind of way of, of going about business. Remember last year in the summer, guys, where Kawhi goes, or excuse me, it was Paul George, says, ah, we really weren't that focused on a championship. Well, that's not true because, you know, what do you think they brought Paul George in is to win a title in L.A. Ballmer, that's all he wants. And I get it. Uh, Ryan Smith wants a championship. Every owner does. But you have to have the players who have the drive and, uh, you know, uh, are are uber-focused at this point in time. And I think the whole West is going to be tough. Um, Phoenix is definitely focused. They want to prove that Chris Paul's acquisition obviously is going to turn the corner and make Booker into a a super, superstar. But the Jazz are methodical, too, uh, of just going about what they have to do with a little respect, which still blows me away, but the, for some odd reason, that's just the way it is. And if that isn't a motivator, it would be for me. I don't know how you guys would, would think about it. I, I'd just sit there and let it sit on my shoulder for a while. In fact, every game, just to say, hmm, there we go. So I would use it as motivation of uh, the disrespect uh, of most. And I've seen those same polls of who's got the chance and the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the fourth best team in the West. Yet you sit there, you stand there with the number one record in the league, and people still don't believe. And um, I guess you're just going to go out and, and prove it every night you're on the floor. And that isn't a motivator, nothing is. That so would what, motivate me, personally. What you're saying is they're the most disrespected number one seed in the history of the NBA. <laughs> Did I say that? Yes. Uh, <laughs> You know, PK, it's sad, but, you know, it's almost like what they said about Jokic uh, for his run to MVP. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't want to misquote an individual, but, you know, again, you read stuff about two weeks ago. Uh, it was a former player who said it would be the worst MVP 
uh, tick in the last 35 years. Uh, so there's that disrespect, too, in Denver. I know Ryan Smith and the Jazz want to get past this small market alleged mentality uh, for the around the country. They, you know, reference as midsize. I mean, Salt Lake's growing at an incredible clip. But, you know, there's something to say about being there and winning it. Look, it's been a generation since Carl and John were there. I'm trying to think back, you know, how did the media respond to John and Carl? Carl had two MVPs. Stockton was highly respected and earned it, obviously, with age and uh, assists and steals. All-time leader, by the way, uh, as he retired. So, And a Jerry Sloan, who's a Hall of Famer. I'm not sure how the voting will be for the coach of the year. Is it Monty Williams? Is it Thibodeau because of New York and the media? I mean, there's no one who's busted tail and coached a team better than, than Quinn Snyder. Look, he didn't have his all-star point guard, point guard and two guard, you know, for the remainder 16 games of the season. I mean, it's, and they still were able to win 52. So, you know, you got to wipe that away, I think, in the, in the end game, PK, where you just say, look, Let's go do it, right? You just said, let's go do it and prove people that we are who we are. And that's the only way I think you'll ever silence the critics. And you may never. Uh, there will always be those who disbelieve because they want to, and it drives you know, radio talk shows and, and uh, online news uh, articles, et cetera. But we know we've watched this team you know, grow. Rudy's continued growth and Donovan's level of play in this young four years. Man, this is a good team. And they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough in the playoffs. If I hear one more thing about the media uh, from a player, I am not just going to throw up in my mouth. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hurl all over the computer Why? and the well, microphone way. because the media has now got so many ex players saying the most outrageous stuff. I don't want yeah. to hear players complain about the media. Yeah. You're going to retire in ten what years, you and you're going to be the one. What do you mean complain? You yeah. never heard anyone complain about the media no, in America? What, what do you What do you mean about the players about, complaining about disrespect or, or what? Where no, are you no, going? I don't know where you're going. When When players complain about the stuff the media says in what and the way? way they're portrayed, the way they individually or their team are portrayed, a lot of the outrageous in a negative light. Yes, a lot of the outrageous stuff is coming from ex players. Yeah, but if that fires you up, that's good, not bad. It can be, yes. But I just don't want to hear the complaints. I don't have, I, I just, I'm so Yeah, but over no, it. no, no, no. If you yes. want to get an edge, uh, go ahead and use it. Whatever edge yes. you can use to make Absolutely. yourself a better player. To go player. to the earlier point, not only would I be thinking if I were on the Jazz, if I were that good enough to be more than a remarkably mediocre high school basketball player, I would be leaning over to Rudy. Rudy, they don't believe in us. I would absolutely yeah. use it. If I'm Rudy, absolutely. I hate harping. I hate Thurl. <laughs> I guarantee you, man, those words are spoken. You know, and you put a towel in front of your face, uh, you know, and everybody, well, you know, look like, oh, yeah, these guys aren't, you know, they aren't that good. We'll get them. You know, that stuff happens all the time. But, you know, social media and the involvement of former players, and they have a mouthpiece and the, uh, the stage yeah. uh, to, to make these statements. And all you can do, look how Donovan handled Shaquille O'Neal. I Jack, ex player, right? And right. CJ, no one was harder on LeBron in the three rims and shoot at the middle one than CJ McCollum. I, he's not even retired. Yeah. And, and Barkley has wild pronouncements and 
and picks. So you'd left rather and right. have them? Well, I think the team that plays the best is going to win. No, I think they're going to keep doing what they're doing. I just don't want to hear anybody complain about it and complain no, about the that's media. The fun part no, of it, it all. It really, it really isn't. It is I'm tired true. of hearing people whine. That's what they get paid to do. It's a uh, I know. Bonanza. I know. Exactly. I know. Hey, you know what, DJ? I really think the seed of it. I really do believe this. And, and you know when you sit around in COVID and like all of us, I just kind of thought about someone asked me this maybe six months ago because there was another, right when we restarted the season, I guess it was in the bubble. Can't remember the exact conversation, but they said, you know, what do you think uh, the negativity is? Well, I think it goes back to players who believe that they were the foundation of what the league is today. Barkley, Shaq, whose pay was good, very good, in fact, and other people would roll their eyes. Are you kidding me? But they still feel like they are the foundation of where the NBA is and where it's going. In their respect, they don't feel that the younger players have worked as hard as they did to achieve their paycheck, more or less. I think it's really a pay scale issue. Like, look what we did, and we didn't get paid much. Carl and John, look, they'd be multi, multi, multi millionaires in the world today. But they did help build the brand. And I still think the Shacks uh, and the Barclays and many others who have a mouthpiece now on network television and beyond or their own radio show or podcast, whatever it may be, social media has allowed them to express, I think, their anger and the way they look at the younger players in the league today. That's just my take. No, oh, that, was, that was deeper than I was going for, but I like it. And, and there probably is I that. Think, Every generation there's anger within the own, their own alumni group, yeah, right? And I think that's where they speak out and say, look, hey, young man, I don't think you're a you know, bona fide superstar. I, you know, <laughs> I mean, look how Donovan handled that cool as a cucumber. You know, so what I hope continues that it motivates him to prove those people wrong. And Shaq, did he not predict that, the Sacramento Kings would knock off the Jazz on Sunday night? Yes, he did, and that pissed me off. <laughs> but, you know, it's a ma- they Shaq didn't the know they were ability. going to sit five guys. That's what he'd say. Yeah. He, they, he, they have the ability to speak their mind on any subject, and the networks allow them to do that. And outrageous. Well, it maybe, goes back to PK's point. Me. Yeah, it goes back to PK's point. It's good for ratings. It generates emotion. But it, when you're the one getting criticized, and then you go off on the media, I'm like... I know no. Shaq's media, but is Shaq really media? He's Shaq. So what? Yeah, Whatever works. Yeah, look, you have to separate. <laughs> it's a free-for-all. You, you make a great point. You've got to separate what the journalistic coverage is compared to is Shaq media or is Shaq a former player in an entertainment position who only is paid for his comment or thought. Has he really studied it or is it just off the cuff? I think it's the latter there. Bowler, we appreciate it. We will see you on TV Sunday night, 7.30, the Jazz, and, you know, whoever wins and shows up. Whoever whoever it may be. What's the beauty of Warriors. it? Warriors. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one game, man. It's, it's like the NCAA tournament, one and done. Uh, well, at least Golden State has a second shot, but it uh, wasn't that for San Antonio, right? So um, we'll see, man. We'll see if uh, Curry's got another 40, you know, 35 or 40-point game in him. And if so, we'll see uh, – Plenty of Curry and Draymond Green in the next two weeks. All right. We appreciate it, Bowler. Thanks. See you guys. DJ and PK, Joe Ingles is coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. The Jazz are going to have 13,000 fans in the stands for the playoffs. Could that give the Jazz more of a home court advantage? It's going to be interesting to see localities everywhere easing their restrictions. I don't know how big of a discrepancy there might be arena by arena. Are some places still only have like 2,000 and some have 15,000? I don't know. The stats show it. There has been no home court advantage really this season. But I will say the fans all of a sudden back in force in the playoffs, even at three-fourths capacity or somewhere in that range, that might be enough to create a home court advantage again. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When you get the carpets and tile clean, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean. Don't have it any other way. Just $33 per room. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. I disagree with you 100%. Oh, I want these ex-jocks to say provocative things <laughs> and not just back up, say They're the canned thing. They're not provocative sometimes, PK. Well, but if they, if, They're if, like it, random. But it doesn't matter. If they generate emotion from the current athlete who views it as provocative, whether you don't, doesn't matter. They do. I want that. They're the guys who were there in the locker room. Not some pasty little old guy like me who can't even shoot a ball. What do I know? You can't shoot a ball, and you know a lot of stuff. So Yeah, I know, but that's what the, the, the consumer thinks. We want these guys, the Barclays of the world. I mean, he's made a career out of yep. He's made a second career that's yep. practically just as famous or not more famous than his ball playing. Yep. Because he stays current, as but the ball playing gets... Longer and longer away. I mean, the yes. distance. You know, you, what? What? Barkley's uh, done twenty years. He's a Stockton Malone era guy. Yeah, you had uh, who was it? Uh, Edwards for the Timberwolves had no clue who A Rod yeah. was. Anthony Edwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. he's no idea who A Rod was. Yep. The the ball playing, the steroids, the controversy. Nothing. That, yeah, didn't know any of it. Yeah. <laughs> but yet. If, if you're into baseball, you know A-Rod is a decent commentator, and that's going to be the same thing with Barkley. So I want these guys. The more outrageous, the better. <laughs> as long as they believe it. And I don't care if Shaq has done any research or not. Speak from the gut. He's not being paid to be some analytical nerd. No. I can get some analytical white dweeb to do that. He's I want these to, guys who've been there on the front line to tell me what they think. He's paid to be Shaq. He's paid to be his big personality. And he is. He's, he's paid huge. to tell. I know. And he's Figured paid. Figured literally. And he's paid to tell the stories about, you got to go in the locker room and you got to tell them, it's a big game. Yeah. I need you. What are you going to do? Ask D-Wade. I said that. And D-Wade's over there laughing going, yeah, he did. That's exactly how he walked in the locker room in 2006. That's what we want. Yeah. And we don't want canned stuff. Well, we've, you know, defensively, you got to show them different looks. Yeah, but it is canned stuff, too. No, it's not. It's can't, it, oh, it sometimes not. it is. It's you, you got to so jump on them early. Guys. You got to jump on them early. Right, and you know you get canned stuff too. Okay, you're not going to not get that. Yes. But I want the other stuff. I don't want Joe Montana couldn't make it cuz he didn't want to criticize. No, I didn't want to say anything. Well, fine. Snooze fest. Then get out. I want somebody who's going to say something. Doesn't matter whether I agree with it or not or if it is even makes any sense at all or if you even explained yourself well. <laughs> so some people, uh, they can just, articulate better than others. No, but it's not, it's not just that. But I mean, they, yes, but it's not just that. I just think, like, 
when Shaq went at Mitchell, he didn't he didn't explain. He kind of so did, what? but there's no way Mitchell explained. Like when well, we were talking about this earlier, and I better say it to you. Uh, okay, so what? A, it's entertainment. Yeah, right. Everything is entertainment. Your big old newscast at two o'clock or five o'clock is entertainment. Everything is entertainment. Yes. Once you minutes, turn on whatever, it's entertainment. Minutes, Sixty minutes is entertainment. Yes. They there's a reason that after doing two hard hitting stories, there's a celebrity profile of an athlete or a musician or whatever. Actor. Some softball, yeah. Yeah. I mean they did they, a thing they, with Seinfeld in so the middle of I Central want Park. entertainment. Yeah. I get it on the nightly crap that used to pass for news. These networks, they're not, they ought to have a oh, surgeon's no, general warning. When, when I got, this is unhealthy for your health. I was in Santa Barbara doing radio <laughs> and then doing TV. And then an a, I got signed by an agent, and they got me to Sacramento, and I had to go meet the guy who owned the agency. And his, the you're point Chris, you're making— Chris Jenner? No. Is she your agent? No. Because the drama you have kind of reminds me of the Kardashians. You, you really don't have anything <laughs> even close to that. And he showed a documentary from the 50s. Uh, who's the guy at CBS before Cronkite? Big time guy. They named the School of Journalism at Washington State after him. Moral. Yeah. Edward R. Murrow. And, they show, and he starts, he's doing this big documentary, The Grapes of Wrath, Farm Workers, the whole bit. Serious topic, serious reporting. He starts with his back to the camera, and he starts talking, and then he turns as he's talking, he faces the camera. And the, the guy who ran the agency has passed away since then. But he stops the tape, and he says, why did he start with his back to the camera? Why did he turn and face the camera? It was theatrical. Mm-hmm. It was to build the suspense. It was to catch your eye. Why is back? The information didn't change. She says, it's always entertainment. It's always theatrical. Never think it isn't. Even when the information is excellent, when the public needs it. Well, that's what we there's want. There's still an element that's of showmanship. That's what we want. Because if yeah. we didn't want it, the CNNs and Foxes and all this stuff wouldn't exist. Right. And that's why, yeah. And it goes yeah. back. Edward R. Murrow, he said it was already the norm then. So you're wrong. So I don't want to hear Thank you. I don't want to hear it. DJ and PK, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles next. Hey, yeah! This is The Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How were a couple days off? Feel like a brand new guy? Y'all rested, (laughs) rehabbed, ready to go? Yeah, I mean, I'd never uh, probably admit at the time that I was uh, pretty tired, but I was getting pretty tired towards the end of that stretch, uh, being full-time point guard for a little bit there. So um, I was saying to someone the other day, I don't think I've seen the seven years in the NBA, I don't think I've seen so many teams press as full court as they did in the last three weeks or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, I was, a, I, was, I was getting a little bit tired there, but glad we could kind of hold on and... Um, 
do what we wanted to do and, and finish strong. And, and obviously now, um, yeah, nice couple of days off and got back into it yesterday a little bit. And obviously we'll kind of pick it up and build it up here until, until Sunday. So I listened to your Zoom on Wednesday, Joe, and I got to say, you are a pro because you were probed about <laughs> Donovan Mitchell and you knew precisely what to say. You handled that full court press as well as you did out on the floor when they pressed you when you play point guard. So I don't want to know. I'm not going to ask you again, ask you who or excuse me, what is up with Donovan Mitchell. The only thing I want to know from you this morning, Joe, is can you tell us and uh, who the starting five is going to be? I don't want to know anything about Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> That's a uh, way to uh, way to put your question. You just asked the same question as they did in a roundabout way. <laughs> We're both pros here, yeah. Joe. <laughs> I've seen, it, I've seen it enough uh, knucklehead media in my life to know that they do that several times. So, um, the five players that will start will be the five players that Quinn wants to start on Sunday. There it is. That's, See? that's deep, Joe. That's deep. <laughs> and if it's me, if it's not me, if it's George, if it's uh, Jarrell, if it's uh, Trent, we'll just have to see what happens. <laughs> so I'm just curious. The answer's like this. Do you understand you're supposed to give them? Or does someone in the organization, whether it's front office or coach, you know, whoever, say, hey, this info stays here. The rest of the world gets to guess. I don't want any of you boneheads leaking it. Yeah, I mean, it's just not a part of it, too. It's just quite, not, not none of my business, but it's not on. If it was me and my injury, I would be, I would give you guys as much as, um, as I could, as I was allowed to or could or whatever. Um, I obviously, I'm not inside Donovan's ankle or foot or whatever ankle. Um, it's not, I guess it's not really, um, to your question, like, no, we don't get like a briefing report, what, what to say and what not to say on, on media days or anything like that. Um, I think it's just a bit of common sense. Like I would never speak on someone else's injury because it's not my, not that it's not my business, but it's not my place to, to do that. So um, if Donovan comes on and wants to talk about it, then um, that's completely up to him. So guys in the NBA, Joe, obviously the goal as a team is to win the title. And that's the most important thing and the most success that you could possibly have. I was wondering. Do you, you think ha- that's everyone's goal? Do you think that's everyone's goal, though? To win an NBA title but by an NBA player? Yeah. Well, that would lead me to think that you don't think that. So the next the question then would be, why don't you think that? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying that about I'm just asking a general question. Do you think out of 450 players, 450 players, pure one goal is to win an NBA championship? No. No, I mean, some guys <laughs> want to make it in the league because that's where the big money is, and just to say you're an NBA player, I get that. But I think rotation guys, guys like you, who've been in the league for a number of years, I think that's your goal, and I think the nucleus of this team, when Mitchell goes last year and says we're done with the first round and we finished with the best record, but yet a lot of people still don't believe in us, I think most of your guys certainly, I actually believe all of your guys, are committed to winning a title. They're not worried. If you don't have your place in the league yet, are there other reasons as to why you would think that wouldn't be the goal? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I believe I like what you said. Like, I, I know our team is fully invested in it. Um, but you also, on the flip side of that, like, there's a lot of guys in this league. Like you said, they're trying to make it. Um, they might be on the last year of a, a minimum deal, a four-year minimum deal, and they want to get paid and they sure. want to look after their family, which you can't. Uh, you can't be mad at everyone. Well, I mean, whatever job you do, you want to you want to look after your family as much as as you can, whether it be your yeah. immediate wife and kids or your extended family if you're able to. Um, but it'd be interesting if you got everybody down and uh, we all had to do a, a, a survey or a questionnaire or whatever you call it with no names on it. I'd be interested to see how many people what answers they gave. You know, and I'm with I know, you. I know what our team's answers would be. I know our teams would be the right answers, but I'm just saying, speaking in general. I'm I'm with you on that, Joe, and I see where you're going. I think the next layer to add to the conversation, though, is there are people who would say that they're in it for that, but they don't really want to pay the price. They don't get for up sure. a thousand shots a day. They don't watch what for they sure. eat or how much they run or ride a bike in the off season. And they might, so might be coming out of a strip club a survey, at four in the morning, you know. A survey with with no names on it. It's fully uh, disclosed. No one ever. No one was ever going to find out. It'd be interesting to see what the answers would be. Like whether it would be, I want to get paid, or I just want to be in the NBA, or I do want to win. Like I genuinely don't care about the money. Um, it'd, be inter- it'd be interesting. Anyway, how much on with your? Uh, on with your silly questions. <laughs> well, now I mean, you opened up a fascinating aspect. How many of those guys, though, that you would question, because clearly you're questioning some, how many of those guys are integral parts of the team? I, would, I think we understand the end of the bench guys are just trying to survive in the league, which you used to be. You're not anymore, obviously. But sure. yeah. you know, how many, of, how many guys who are going to be in the NBA and are not end of the bench guys are committed to winning it all. How many, or how many do you think aren't committed to winning it all? You know, I'd also, I'd also add is like, um, that there's obviously been guys in the league that have done everything they've wanted to do to get paid, and then after that, kind of shutting it down. Which yeah. is interesting. Which is interesting. You've yeah. like, I, I still remember when I signed my four-year deal, and obviously you have like idiots on Twitter, right? Like, oh, now you've made it, like, you can relax. Or now you, like, my whole goal the next year was, like, I need to play better. Like, I have to prove that, um, not really to anyone in general, but, like, myself. Like, I need to prove my worth, that I'm worth whatever X amount of dollars I was playing for for the next four years. Um, you see, like, there's, yeah. there's other people, other guys, like, it's it's just interesting. I don't know. I was thinking about it this morning randomly, and so when you asked that question, it oh. came to my mind. That's funny. Well, not to be a not to be a total homer here, and you know the jazz guys are all in, but nobody else is. I do. We are th- all in. I can I can promise you that. I'm around. Right, no, now. I get I get that, but I think that we ought to acknowledge that I think on most of the better teams in the league, not all of them, and not everyone, but the reason you're a better team in the league is because you have more guys who are all in. Because sure. otherwise no, I, it becomes a stumbling that. block. And, I mean, just to pick random numbers, you know, you're seventh instead of third or you're fourth instead of first yeah. or whatever. So well, then it goes on to uh, what West, I think Westbrook said it in a reply to someone on social media or Stephen A. Smith or some 
some reporter somewhere had said something, and he said, like, I'm not going to define myself by a championship. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right, yeah. It would be great, um, but what he does, and obviously we see a little bit of what he does off court, but I'm sure he does even more than what he actually shows. I think there's a lot of players that do a lot more than probably what people think. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. We could talk about it all day, to be honest. Oh yeah, no question about that. Yeah, well, there's, there's let's a, do it. I got nothing well, to do. Well, I, I wonder. In, in Westbrook's case, he's playing with a crappy team, so they don't really have a chance. Whereas you guys do have a chance. So you know where I was going with that originally is you've made your money, you've made your mark on the league, you've made your mark on the community, you've done everything probably that you wanted to set out to do individually. And so you've accomplished all that stuff now at 33 years of age. So basically the only thing left is to win a title uh, at the NBA level. Two things left. Okay, what are what, what's the other one? Obviously win a championship for Utah yeah. Yeah. Um, and a gold medal with Australia. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha from that perspective. So uh, what what would an NBA title mean to you? Oh, I mean it means the world. Um it would be a a very special moment, um, and I don't even really say that for myself. Like, yeah, it would be great to have that, I guess, like on my, my resume one day. But um, also for for Utah, like that's why yeah. that's why I kind of do what I do off the court with with what we do with Renee and I and, and the, the kids and the donations and whatever it is. Um, you'll almost feel attached to, like I never thought I would obviously be here for seven years, let alone one year when I was on a month-to-month deal. Um, so, um, yeah, it would be an unbelievable accomplishment for myself and for my family and for us to kind of uh, talk about one day when I'm old. And, um, but there would be no better feeling than doing it and rolling down Main Street or whatever with a... Um, to, um, yeah, it'd just be a a pretty cool moment to share with with the people here because we have myself included, but the, the guys that have been here and um, from seven years ago winning like twenty eight games or whatever we did that first year um, to, to kind of where we are now, and obviously a big part of that is what the Millers did um, building the team and getting Quinn, and then obviously now with with Ryan and his group, so. Um, yeah, it would be incredibly special. Um, it would mean also that I'd be on a plane a couple of days later to, to head over to Tokyo to try and uh, win another one. So it'd be uh, it'd be very special. So have you talked to other players, and, and Mike would be the person on your team. And most uh, you were talking about how exhausting the end of the season was. But when I hear people talk about deep NBA playoff runs. It is just all-consuming and exhausting. It is never easy, even for the legends. And the teams like the Warriors who do it multiple times, it's no surprise they end up with injuries and this cumulative fatigue after several years. So have you really braced yourself for what a deep run means? For sure. No, it, uh, I think Mike uh, went to the Western Conference Finals with – Memphis one year, JC went to the finals with Cleveland that year. Mm, that's right. Um, so speaking to them a little bit too, like it, it is. It's, I mean, it's a grind. And I think um, what also will play a part in that is the way we play. Like we play a different way, which is hard in general. Um, 
it's hard to do for 72 games. So you, um, at this point, having the, the couple of days off early on and, and a lighter day yesterday and then obviously getting back into it, um, everything kind of from this point, um, as of like Monday when we, when we had the, the time off is about getting ready, getting your body ready, but also kind of planning the rest and making sure you're getting enough sleep and, and downtime and, and getting your legs up and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a, hopefully a very long run, um, that goes all the way to the end and, and we've got to kind of brace and prepare for that. And, um, I'm lucky with, with Renee and the, the kids that they'll, they'll give me every opportunity to, to rest up as much as possible. Um, when the kids don't want me to be chasing them outside for a little bit, but, um, no, it'll be, it'll be exciting. It'll be fun. Um, but it's, it's almost time to, to kind of park, um, some stuff aside, um, like our record was great, but that's kind of the 52 games don't really mean much except for where they placed us. So we've got to kind of park that aside and, and obviously, like I said, prepare and, and get ready for this kind of next this next section of, of this playoff run. So what's interesting, it's, and I think this is, uh, in my mind, it's the first time ever. Maybe it's been done. I don't know. But the thought being that the number one seed now is, is not going to know its opponent later than everybody in the league, right? And that's sort of weird. You'd think that the that's somewhat of a disadvantage. And so you're not going to know your opponent until we have the outcome of the Memphis of the Golden State game, which is going to be late, and it's going to be less than forty, yeah, less than forty eight hours uh, before the tip off on Sunday evening. Uh, do you know what you guys will do as far as preparing once you know for the individual team, or is it more about yourselves and it doesn't really matter anyway? Um, yeah, I think uh, I think a, a part of it is about ourselves. A part of it, like I said, the first couple of days was purely the the physical health side of it, getting getting some rest, and um, especially as of kind of yesterday, it was four teams we could have played. Um, so now that we know it's down to two. Um, again, I think um, I'm not in uh, the coaches' meeting, which they're probably doing right now. Um, but they'll be a lot of focus on ourselves, obviously, um, how we want to play, what we want to do um, on the offensive end, defensively. Um, obviously, defensively, we can talk about um, bits and pieces. Um, obviously, for for us, we've been pretty consistent with what we've done defensively for a lot of the year. Obviously. Uh, Certain individuals on certain teams take a bit more of um, a scout or, or, or effort and, I guess, time and effort put into a scout to, to figure out what we're going to do. Um, and obviously, they've kind of got guys like that on, on either team. Obviously, if there's Steph, it's, it, it's Steph and what he does for that group. Um, and, and then with Memphis, they're probably a little bit more um, across the board. But obviously, Jai is a big part of their what they do, Dylan Brooks, um, Valanchunas down on the block. So... Um, yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, it's, it's not ideal, um, but it's also, again, I've said it, I don't get put in those meetings to make decisions. So we, we just do what we're told. And, um, that part is, I I guess being devil's advocate a little bit, I guess on one side of it, it kind of makes you not overthink anything too much yet because we don't know who we're playing. So we can't overthink how we're going to guard Steph or how we're going to guard Joe. Like we can put some ideas and plans probably in place but as of kind of Friday night and 
and that session on on Saturday that we'll have and, and a shoot around Sunday morning. Um, obviously, those two days will be be very crucial, um, probably more mentally than physically. Um, just really locking in on our our game plan and what we're going to do and and how we're going to play. So I'm I'm curious how much the preparation because obviously you've seen these teams you know two or three times two in the east and you know three for most of these western times this year how much has the preparation changed from one matchup to another aside from injuries and guys you know either playing or they're not playing but how much does it change do you defend Steph really differently one time as opposed to when you played him a month earlier or whatever Yeah I mean I think like I mean, he's a good example because of how much he impacts the game with with what he does on the floor. Um, and it's same with a, a lot of guys when we would play Jokic last year in the playoffs or, or James Harden in Houston that, that year, whatever it is. Um, these guys are uh, at the top of what they've done and they've won MVPs and whatever they've done in their careers for, for a very good reason. Um, so I think it's about, regardless of who that is, whether it be Jar, whether it be... Any of those two teams, um, a lot of it you, you want to mix it up. You want to make it as, as hard as as hard as you can on those the guys that are going to have um, the ball the most, or the, those guys that make the, the biggest impacts on their teams. So, um, yeah, it's 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 tough to think, like I said, kind of overthink it too much right now because there's um, a fifty fifty chance of who we're going to play. Um, but you want to make it tough. You want to make it as hard as you can. Obviously, in a, a seven-game series, is is long. Um, so you want to you want to change things up a little bit. You obviously focus on yourself and what we're going to do. Um, but yeah, you want to you want to mix it up. And if you give Steph the same look every time, or, or Durant the same look every time, these, these like guys at the, the top of the the uh, echelon of players, they're, they're going to eventually adjust and, and be able to make plays. So you just want to make it as tough as you can. So, who do you think of the first three guys are going to be off the bench for you guys, Joe? <laughs> um, the first, it'll be the three guys that Quinn decides would be the best uh, impact off the bench after the starting five, which he'll choose um, leading into the game. Nice. You got a future in politics, Joe. <laughs> I can, I can promise you that'll be the last thing I'll be doing. In <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I'll by be the doing way, a mil- million things before that. Uh, good call on Jordan Clarkson. I thought of you when he dropped. Uh, you know what song really captures the mood of the team? What you thinking right now? And he said, "Tears for Fears." Everybody wants to rule the world, and then he played it on his phone on the Zoom call. Thought, Isn't he just like yeah, one of a kind? Right, and I thought, this is what Joe was telling us about. This is one of the things he does. He picks a song that's older than himself, and he's got it on his phone, and he's got this little giggle that's infectious. It was, <laughs> and he has sunglasses on. And... Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's the that's like the crazy part, too, of why we, we were, I can't remember who we were talking to. We were talking about it the other day a little bit. It was like, I don't, I don't think we'll ever meet or the NBA will ever see like another Jordan Clarkson. Like even the way he plays, you can't, you can't like teach that to someone. You can't sit and watch film and say, Hey, put your body like one leg here, one arm on the ground, the other arm is putting the ball behind your back. And then you're still going to score. Like you just can't. And then off the court, what he does and how he lives and his, his, um, like his, his, we would, like his happiness, like he's always 
he's just always happy. Like he, 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 there's not there's not ever going to be another Jordan Clarkson, ever. Not even close. Like not even a. Like imagine imagine a young kid saying to JC like, "Hey, I'd love you to come like help me work out and like show me what you do." Like imagine him trying to do the stuff that JC does. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> not happening. Yeah. Not happening. All right, Joe, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes, and we'll be watching Sunday night when Donovan either does or doesn't start. <laughs> One more you, thing, Joe. <laughs> and you play either the Warriors or the Grizzlies. We'll, we'll just have to see what happens, won't we? All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joe. All right, there it is. Many questions, many answers, Dang and yet it. questions still loom. <laughs> I thought I could get them. No, you didn't. <laughs> nice try. It's just understood. Nobody says anything. Nobody would ever say, if anybody lets us leak, you're all fired. <laughs> well, I like how he said, oh, you just ask him the same question a different way. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. That's why you get paid. All right. When we come back, everything you missed in this show, we're getting you up to speed next. Stay with us. Lob to Rudy. Oh, he packed it with the right hand. Produce three all-stars. Check. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Earn the best record in the NBA in the top spot in the West. You are fabulous. Check and check. The regular season is over. And now the number one seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go. When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Brooks by Johnson again, running bank shot. No good offensive rebound of Valanciunas. Puts it back up and in. Oh, the big fella doing big fella things out muscling Jakob Pertl said give me that ball and then banks it up and in they get it to Caldwell Pope almost lost it shot clock at seven James two defenders on him to Caldwell Pope inside he's tied up by Green throws it back up top James puts up the three oh it's gone LeBron James from downtown as the shot clock expires a desperation heave and the Lakers are up three that was the game winner as the Lakers beat the Warriors and lock up the seven seed, getting you up to speed on everything you missed in this show. PK, the game changed in the third quarter when the Warriors, who had locked the Lakers up in the first half, held them to 42 points. The Lakers go for 35 in the third, and they got a bunch of them in transition. Some off misses, but most of them off of turnovers and yeah. some soft ones too. Isn't that funny how basketball can be that way? The complexion of the game changes dramatically halfway through with the break and the third quarter is just completely unlike anything that the first 24 minutes resembled yes i think several things happened i think that the lakers got loose with the ball which you spotlighted earlier in the game and i thought you were spot on with that i thought lebron played really um conservatively uh, offensively flat on his feet looking to pass the ball not looking to drive or shoot Really being careful with his health, I think, is what we all thought. Whether it's true or not, it's what we all thought. And I thought he opened it up a little more in the second half with the game on the line. He knew he needed to give more, and he did. Saw him drive into the hoop a little more. Saw him being a little more aggressive. Still playing below the rim. Still not 100% LeBron. We can guess all day whether his ankle is 30, 50, or 70%. He's 36 years old, too. It's not 100%. Well, now, now he sees triplets and everything. There's that after getting poked in the eye. 
He says, I looked at the shot clock. I'm like, well, did you see three shot clocks? I looked at the rim. I saw three rims. Yeah, it, what How was did it? you read the number on the shot clock? Was it, you may have thought did he thought it was 22 seconds when it was really No, I thought he thought 222 seconds. But that there's no such thing. Three twos. How else would you read it? Two minutes and 22 uh, seconds? No. Two, two, point, two, 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 two. 22.2 <laughs> seconds. Okay. The second thing I saw was three rims. Uh, you know, from being uh, poking an eye on that previous possession when I drove to the hole and then in transition. So I just aimed for the middle one. I call bull crap on that. So did CJ McCollum. That was sweet. CJ was going at him multiple times on Twitter. Actor of the year. There's uh, some ex-golfer, uh, I think, or tennis player. I don't know. Now she's a model and influencer, social media, whatever. And uh, and she said that what, – what's her name? Paige Spiernak? Is that – Yeah, she's Spiernak, a golfer. Yeah. She's golfer, a golfer, former golfer, golfer, right? Golfer. Yeah, and she was saying Space Jam 2 is going to be really good. He's a heck of an actor. Nice shot. Yeah, and he was down, and, and, they, and they put in eye drops <laughs> on the court. I don't know that I've ever seen that again. There I, were people saying that he was gassed, and really he just wanted to catch his breath and rest up before he shot the free throws. I understand that. Um, it does suck to get poked in the eye. You've been poked in the eye. It takes a minute. You're, I don't know about the triple, but if you told know, me his rolling vision was over, blurry. Holding your head? I don't get the holding it's the little, head thing. You'd dramatic. think you'd be holding your face. Originally, I thought he hit his head on the floor. And then the replay showed, well, he didn't. No, he didn't, which would have been serious. I mean, yeah. hit your head. Yeah. It's not not that's awful. So yeah, it's, it's, that's what I thought. And then the first thing I thought, oh, he'll be fine. He didn't hit his head, and he hit the free throws. Then he hit the three. And he and was, he was fine. fine. And yeah. they did win the game. And now they go play the Suns. Although watching the the Lakers and Warriors had the star power, but I thought they did a both did a good job of showing how the other team is flawed. And there are a lot of scre- people screaming at Frank Vogel on, on Twitter. Steve Cleveland has said it on the air here multiple times. The Lakers are better when AD's at the five. But isn't AD basically Tim Duncan? Except he hasn't said he doesn't want to play the five yeah, as loudly see, as Duncan did. It's not just that. You've got to have somebody else that you put in and be effective, and Caruso had a hell of a game. Yes. So it's the combo. Yep. It's not just, oh, we'll take out Drummond and move Davis over. But it does clog. i got to have somebody it, else it, over there. But having Drummond does, any of their bigs. And that's Drummond part of it, yeah, clogs, I understand that. It clogs up the paint. But There's not a such room to drive I want to point out that Caruso had a great Caruso, game. Caruso, again, contributed. He is earning 30 his 30 minutes? Yep. He's playing 30 minutes in a playoff game. And what about this? Van Gunny was saying that these stats don't count as a playoff game? They don't. That doesn't make any sense. I know. This is a playoff game. I know, but officially they don't. But that doesn't make any sense. I agree with you. Change that rule. <laughs> Where the did play- they come up with that? They What's the rationale the play- behind that? The playing game is neither feet. No, what, what is that cliche? Neither fair nor foul. But this is these are playoffs. I agree. I think that's what they should be. That's like the saying the play-ins in the NCAs don't count. Of course they do. Exactly. They've that's created this thing. That's an NCAA game now. That's an excellent comparison. Whether you think it's a bogus game or not, I'm fine. But this is it's a legitimate game. And if you're 20 points off the team leader in scoring and you score 21 in that game, you are the all-time leading scorer if that's whatever the circumstances are. The record for a play-in game is now 50. It made no sense. <laughs> it doesn't. I agree. And he was and pointing that out. And these guys are bowling like it's a playoff game? Because it was. Because there's something at stake. LeBron needs a couple extra days off. He doesn't need to play an extra game on that ankle. Or it turns out with that eye. 
Could be down to double vision by by Sunday at one thirty. Double vision. <laughs> Sing it. Ooh, when it gets new to me, it's always good. My double vision gets the best of me. <laughs> Last thing on Davis at the five. I think Vogel knows this. People are screaming, "Why doesn't Vogel?" Because you got to keep your stars happy, and I don't think he wants to play the five. I don't think he wants the beating that can go with it. Well, you're He's going really to need good at minutes it. from the other guy, right? And so in the first half, the so, other guys are going to play minutes. You're going to have to live with that. But with the game on the line, AD's going to go to the five, and AD's smart enough to figure it out too. May not be his first priority, but this is what you're going to have to do to advance. His priorities are. I mean, yeah. he played 42 minutes. Yep. That's and Drummond only played seventeen. He had seven boards in seventeen minutes. That's decent. <laughs> Couple of blocks. What more do you want out of him? Not to be behind. I don't know that it was Drummond's fault. No, it wasn't. It's plus minus. It's actually minus one. So it's kind of a push while he was on the court. And Montrezl Harrell played ten minutes, and you know, minus two is basically a, a push then too. So. I think a lot of it comes down to LeBron look a lot more active and a lot more engaged in the third quarter. Okay. And the fourth, for that matter. I mean, he just he was moving more. I just thought he was really passive early on and favoring the ankle, and he's going to play big minutes and conserve energy, and the whole Jordan get other guys started thing, that clearly has influenced other stars going forward. That was the lesson Phil Jackson really wanted Jordan to absorb. Well, win the game. Yep, and they did. So there you go. On to play Phoenix. But their flaws were on display for both teams, and that's why the one and two seeds ought to win. And the Lakers are going to be favored Ooh, as a seven? Lakers over the Suns. Huh? The, the Suns, Suns the lack of playoff experience. It's the same thing people say about the Jazz. It's just more pronounced with the Suns. At least the Jazz have guys who've been in the playoffs. You know, Donovan's been in the playoffs three years in a row and There's played more four trust. series. Right, right. Now, there isn't a lot of trust because they've been in the well, conference finals the as a group. Right. Yep. Although, man, if they get if they win two series, the, the speaking of the Jazz, the idea of them winning the conference final, if they should lose it, it's not going to be from a lack of experience. I just don't buy that at all. But I think you have to see who they play. And I don't why care they who they lose. play. I don't care who they play. I don't. I honestly, I couldn't care less if they win two playoff series with uh, all these guys, and you've got. Multiple all-stars. You've got multiple guys in their 30s. A coach who's been with them for many years now. His team is set to win now. They have more of a, of a, I don't say right, but more of a formula to win now than the Warriors did when they won their first title. All right, DJ and PK, a lot of basketball this morning. That's a taste of what we've been talking about. Your feedback's coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Ron Boone now joins us. You're coming back home, you got 13,000. You go on the road, you got a couple of thousand. How big of a role could that potentially play for the Jazz in a postseason run? It's huge to have your fans. I mean, that support that you get from the fans, is, it takes you to another level. You know, that support you get from the fans is unmeasurable, I, I think. And then the fact that most players come here and they don't like it. I mean, if you ask any NBA player, lots of NBA players, 
back in the day or even now about playing in Salt Lake City, it's a huge advantage. The arena was built for basketball, so the fans are right there on top of you. The support that the team gets, opponents recognize that. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJPK brought to you part by The Warehouse. Join Hans and Scotty Friday at The Warehouse from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. Boom! <laughs> Time for your feedback. Yes, David DJ James. That's what I've been saying, too. I'm with P.K. Kinahan. These are playoff games by the very definition. Like, it's a no-brainer. I couldn't believe it. Did. I had to say, no, you got to have this wrong. This doesn't make any sense. He does not have it wrong. It's Of all the dumb things that don't make sense, this is the dumbest thing that doesn't make the most senses. Lakers won. Everybody now a Memphis fan Friday night. Memphis beats the Warriors. Jazz get the Grizzlies in the playoffs. And Josh tweets at us, if Mitchell and the Jazz are healthy, dot, 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 it really doesn't matter. Ellipses, if you will. Yes. Oh, I don't know that it matters between the two now. Maybe it mattered with the Lakers. But it doesn't matter between the Warriors and Grizzlies. The Jazz are winning this And then if you get the Warriors... Well, they've extended a ton of emotion on Wednesday. Yep. They're probably going to have to expend a ton of emotion on Friday. And then you get them on Sat- Sunday? Sweet. Like the NBA is like handing you a win. Quit complaining about the lack of prep time. Which I don't think they were anyway. It's just, it's no, kind of it's a, more coming from fans. You see it on it's social media. Fluky you probably that the hear number the one seed is going to know, won't know their opponent. Right. They have the shortest time. But it's kind of irrelevant because totally agree. the one seed doesn't have as much time to prep as the three seed. But the six has as much time to prep as the three seed, and they're playing each other. The one has know, as much time to prep as the eight seed, and they're playing each other. And I like the fact that you're playing somebody who just played less than 48 hours, has to get on a plane wherever they are, yeah. and come to you. You have, in my mind, you have a distinct advantage. Memphis, not if, a if Memphis were to win, they'd be playing their third game in their third city in five nights, and so would the Warriors, for that matter. Not right. as much travel, L.A. to San Francisco to Salt Lake, but still... They're gifting you an opportunity. Now, you got to take advantage of it. It doesn't matter. If you don't take advantage of it, what's the difference? Uh, but they should be able to get game one. and Finish them off as early as you can. That's just good news. The Jazz can beat either the Grizzlies or the Warriors, Carter tweets in. I think the Warriors might make it a six- or seven-game long series. Memphis is who we want. If we beat Memphis in five, say, we'll get adequate rest for the second round because we will – Assumingly, be playing the Clippers. Assumingly. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> I actually think, and I, I this is just a feeling, and I don't know if there's any reality to it, but I think that Memphis might be a tougher opponent. Because? Because I think the, what you saw from the Warriors 
all season is what you're going to see, or at least when they when Wiseman went out. So you've you've seen the Warriors at their best, right? You played them mm-hmm. the other night. You weren't at your best. Memphis puts in Jackson into the lineup now. He's a nice player. So he's and he's emerging player. He's still a young kid. They're different. So they have the opportunity, in my mind, to be better. The Warriors, if they're going to beat you, you know full well how they're going to beat you. There's really no mystery. There's no mystery. Yeah. We know they are who we thought they were. You don't don't really need a whole lot of preparation time for the Warriors because this is who they are, right? That one dude who chews on the mouthpiece is going to have a whole (laughs) lot of shots and he's going to probably make a few. Steph Curry is now the one dude who chews on his mouthpiece. And so then you have to make sure Wiggins and Bazemore and... Uh, who's the other guy uh, off the bench? Pool is that who it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, off the you can't have uh, him go off. They got Molder. They got the uh, JTA. They talk him. They talk about him as the uh, Toscano Anderson. I think his his name is right. So uh, and Looney and I've pretty much covered there because they only go seven eight deep. Eight. Right now. They played eight last night. Yeah. yeah. So they are who they are, really. Whereas I think Memphis can be a little bit better and a little bit of a wild card. Plus, John Morant, you know, he's a kid, and so he can go off. I mean, you're pretty much going to count on Curry going off, right? That seems like where we're headed here. Yeah. He's going to try and carry the team here as much as he can. So pencil him in for his 30, his 35, his 40. So the formula for beating the Warriors is crystal clear. Don't let anyone else go off. I'm looking at you, Wiggins. So it might be a little bit more of a mystery, Memphis is. Jackson played 11 games this year. And he is the number four pick in the draft. He's still only 21. Right, right, right. He's still young. You know, in the 11 games he played, he did not see the Jazz in that. You know. So, averaging, his father played in the NBA. Averaging 14 points a game. So, like you said, he'll contribute. He'll make some plays. I remember. But he's on the come. Yeah. He's just barely getting started. 14 points, five and a half boards, an assist, a block, and a steal. And a turnover for that matter. He's a nice player. I like him. I like his game. All right. DJ and PK, there you go. There's some of the feedback from today's show. We will talk to you tomorrow morning, wrap up the week. How's your guy Hovland doing at the PGA, PK? We got an update here? I don't. I haven't been looking. He's not in top five. Murakawa tied for fourth. The defending champ, Murakawa, is two under, two shots off the lead behind Bradley. Bradley. Oh, Hovland's at two under. There's a big group at two under. So Go Vic. All right, DJ and PK, (laughs) hands of Scott here next. We'll see you.